For someone who travels weekly, hotels, they get boring pretty quick. They're lonely, crowded, you know, just, I want to find something more fun. So on tour, we started seeing a lot in Airbnbs. Uh, you know, I did my special taping in Phoenix uh, in 2021, and we had a Airbnb then, and it was just so much fun. I mean, it's honestly a lot cheaper, too, is what's crazy. Um uh, just so much more space. They have full homes. I mean, it's, you can, you know, easy to cook stuff, easy to, you just feel like you're at home. Uh, did you know you could also be my next Airbnb host? And uh, I mean, in fact, my tour manager, Travis, recently started hosting his place on Airbnb. Uh, he says it's a great way to make extra money while we are on the road this summer, uh, since his home would be just sitting empty. It's a great idea to host while you're away if you have some upcoming travel plans this summer. Uh, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't know if y'all have ever been to a live podcast show, but it's not as fun as watching at home. And, but you've already committed to it. Uh, so here we are. Uh, uh, we started, we have an ad we have to read. <laughs> We're lucky these people, these ads, they do, uh, they, I mean, because they just, I can't say half of this stuff. And so the ads are, I mean, it's a miracle that they're still there. Like that they're like, I don't. You know, just, I mean, I'm not surprised they're just going to give me a shirt to wear. Just like, just wear the shirt. That's enough. Don't even, I think we're losing people. <laughs> Have any of them said anything about it? Like, a couple. <laughs> they, some are like, he's not even announcing. <laughs> the reading, the way that I was talking about it in the first show, the way they write stuff, I mean, they have to, so I have, uh, I have trouble with a lot of words. Like, I've talked about, it, like, they, uh, when I did my, my, my pilot, when I was doing acting, they would have to spell, like when I would say, we'll, we'll be right back. Like I say, will wrong. Yeah. So they would spell it W-I-L-L -L in the script because then I would say, <laughs> we'll be right back. I'll say it the way they want me to say it. And I mean, you feel pretty dumb <laughs> because it's not like they privately do it. Everybody sees it. Everybody looks at the script, they're like, this is spelled wrong, and they're like, don't. <laughs> they, they just, they go, don't. It's not spelled right, Nate. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and so they make it, yeah. So it's not good. Uh, so, uh, is this good? <laughs> These are the co-hosts of Aaronland. This is Aaronland right here. It's Caleb. Yeah. That's Caleb. Let's go, folks. <laughs> Welcome to Live Nate Land Podcast. Thank you for uh, everybody at home listening. Thank you guys for coming out. It's unbelievable that you guys come out uh, to this. Uh, I'm blown away by it, to be honest. No. <laughs> Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. There's nobody on the planet like you. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders 
and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Nate. That's up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash Nate. Welcome to Nate Land, everybody. We, uh, it is funny when you read ads. We have to type it out. I mean, every word. <laughs> they, like, it says slash. Yeah. It's not just a slash. It says slash. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't, and they, it says period, and they spell out period, and they go, now stop. And that's what it, it says, now stop, don't read anymore. <laughs> and that's in, all, that's in black, angry letters. Stop, quit reading. Don't read this part. And then happy is like, we can start now again. <laughs> Uh, this is fun. We've, uh, the live podcast, I've loved doing it. We did it, uh, we did, we just done one other one and, uh, it went good, I believe. And, uh, and here's this one. Yeah. And we started at this one. So I have nothing, I I don't know how to get going. Uh, we get started as we always start with the, the comments from you guys. Uh, comments are from Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Apple podcasts, Nate Land at NateBargetzi.com. Uh, I looked at some of the Reddit stuff. That's got yeah, its own it's world. Yeah, it's there, isn't it? I don't understand Reddit as much, <laughs> but it's, uh, are you probably, you're the age, is it younger than you that's Reddit? Probably a little older than me, actually. Oh. Yeah. Reddit's it's, for... It's, it's, it's like a, your age, but a different type of guy. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's my, it's for me? I feel like it's a lot of guys your age, but just yeah. very little overlap in your life experiences, I feel like. Is it, it's like opening the mail like for Brian yeah that's mine Brian's age is like it's a letter that he gets if you want to you can mail comments to Brian as well uh, and he'll read them I would love it if you did that that would be cool. so much easier yeah just every day just get a, a little letter opener just sit down blow it and pull, pull the letter out I race my mother-in-law to the mailbox every day that's what we uh, do <laughs> She likes it, too. Yeah, and I love to get mail. She yeah. does, too, so we race each other. Getting mail is a pretty fun... It is fun to walk. <laughs> when you forget at night, and yeah. then you're like, oh, I didn't go get the mail. Uh, it's like a little something else to do. You yeah. get it now. Yeah. You're married. You're just trying to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. uh, you look, you're looking for anything. You're like, you know what? I saw the neighbor's trash can out. I'll go roll them up. You just walk around pulling people's trash cans up drive. Yeah. You're just trying to get out. Yeah. You just want out of the house. Uh, Tyler Trepp, love the podcast, listen to every episode. I was wondering, once Nate starts his tour with the pod, will the podcast still continue? I hope it does. Love everything from Nate, Aaron, and Barbados. <laughs> I like Barbados. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're still going to, it's, it's going good. I honestly probably would hope it didn't go as good, and then I could easily back away. No. Uh, no, I, enjoy, I really enjoy it, and once the tour starts, we will do it. I'll see how crazy it gets, but we record on Mondays, and we were kind of planning for that to happen, so uh, we will still continue it. Uh, FC Schultz, I'm new to Nate Land, so I vote, let's go, folks, because it feels like I'm on the ground floor of an, in, of an inside joke. Just change it up every 50 episodes or so. That's what I agree. It's an inside joke. That's why I like the let's go, folks. Uh, because it makes it, it's just us. We're the only ones that get it. No one else gets it. Hello, folks, is, I mean, go to any Cracker Barrel in America. That's how, <laughs> that's how you get introduced, and you, you're going to feel like an idiot when you go, ah, you podcast us, and they're like, what? 
That's how I feel anytime I get recognized, where I'm like, oh, what's up? You, you want to get a picture? And they're like, I don't know who you are. And I go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So maybe I do want y'all to say it so y'all can feel the same thing that I feel. Hunter Lampert. Lam- yeah, Lambert. Hello, folks. Happened naturally, which is why it became a staple. Let's go, folks, is, be, is being far too forced. You can't make it happen just because the irony is fun and exclusive to the folks. Sort of like how you can't give yourself a nickname. It has to happen organically from others. I get the point, but Hunter is, is an idiot. And the Hello, folks, was organic. Let's go, folks, is organic. You created both of those. Yeah. Yeah, so who... I feel like I'm just appeasing. Is appeasing the word? Am I appeasing everybody? By... Letting them think that they can help decide? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly the word. (laughs) I do want everybody to agree that I'm right. So that's, that it's, might take some time. It's going the and other I, way right now. And I'm, huh? It's going the other direction right now. People are going against it. Yeah. The hello folks. Who, so clap if you like hello folks. All right. Now clap if you like let's go folks. That's not. Let's go folks. People are more energetic. Okay. I guarantee you if Nate leaves the room, it'd be very different. <laughs> I mean, like but that's the point. I'm never leaving the that's room. Yeah, the podcast would be very different. The podcast would be very different. Be a lot fewer people. Yeah, we just would appreciate some folks to listen to this podcast. If I, uh, let's go's got the more energy. We could go. You know what? I was thinking. What if you did both? You said do both, which is. But I thought about that. me again. for it. Yeah. Well, I think it's dumb. But then I came around to it as I thought about it. I thought about it a lot, a little more than I should have. Uh, <laughs> We're still deciding. I still, I hope it just runs forever and we just never make a decision. It's got uh, more people commenting than anything we've ever had. Yeah. People are coming around and they're getting it. I mean, I over explain it, but. Yeah. I think they're just accepting the fact that it's not going away. And so they're <laughs> like, I guess. Let's just get on board. We're doing this now. You know, we had people yell, let's go, folks, as they drove away. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fun. That's people going. I know. <laughs> But that makes We're not it, going anywhere. <laughs> I know, but it makes it like stand out more. I'm saying when, right. you, when someone that's funny, it's funny every time because we're making fun of the let's go folks. Yeah. The regular people that use it. I mean, dude, they use it. You see it. Where was I watching? I mean, I saw a guy cu- catch a foul ball with his hand <clears throat> and you can't hear him, but you just see him go, let's go. Like, <laughs> and you're like, this is a problem. Yeah. These people are just yelling it. They don't know. Was it know an impressive catch? I mean, this sounds like it might be a nothing an appropriate situation. You don't ever <laughs> yell "Let's go." Where he's saying it too much. Okay. And I know I'm trying to say we should say it more, <laughs> but because we're better than them, and we right. are making fun of them. Right. And that's that's the funny part. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're, we haven't we haven't seen a poll that I like yet, so <laughs> I'll let you know when we get to one that I approve. <laughs> Alexandra Morardians. <laughs> Sounds like a Star Wars. Morardians. <laughs> Mo, how would you say it? <laughs> Moradians. Moradians. Yeah, that sounds like Moradians. Moradians. Doesn't you, that you sound threw, like yeah, you a group that fights? What's that Star Wars show? Uh, Mandalorian? Mandalorian? Yeah. Seems like a part of that. 
Like they're not as good as the Mandalorians, yeah. the Moradians, but they're kind. They're they're like decent. <laughs> they're attacking. Yeah. Like they're 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 first to show up, and you're and they're always like like we've already lost like half our people, but <laughs> they always lose half the people. <laughs> but there's a but it's, but it's easier to get into than Mandalorians. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Nate's crazy reach to justify let's go folks really gives us insight on why Laura needs to be strict with the finances. That's true. <laughs> she, I mean, she's, yeah, she is strict. It's no fun. Uh, Laura did. We, uh, if you, at your table, we, I think we, everybody got a little gift bag and that was, uh, that, that was Laura's doing. So she put them all together. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of them. It's like 500 of them. Uh, I wasn't going to do that. I was like, just give, just hand them out on the, just throw them at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when you walk in. Uh, Ed Orizim. Orizam. Maybe a good compromise would be to keep Hello Folks as the intro and use Let's Go Folks as the outro. Far be it from me to agree with Birthday over Nate on anything. <laughs> but I think he may be onto something with the idea of keeping both. Despite Nate's instance... Uh, Huh? Insistence. Insistence. <laughs> that, that's how you get nowhere in life. That is, but that is how you get nowhere in life when you don't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ross Wood Jr. The mutant, the mutant conversation is the hardest I've laughed in about 15 years. My dogs were barking at me because they thought something was wrong. I really hope they put breakfast in the next movie. <laughs> I'd love that. They might, yeah. Have you worked at all on pronouncing the word? No. I no. thought about act. I thought you were going to say acting. <laughs> I, uh, I thought she said, I make a reel or something. Have you, have you worked on trying to get in this movie at all since the last time we talked about it? Uh, Joe Freed won. I love the explanation of why the lung is smaller to make more room for the heart is respect. This is exactly the science we should be teaching in schools. I love that. All right. I don't even know. <laughs> I read that sentence and I don't think I got it. <laughs> Why the lung is smaller to make more room for the heart. Do you remember that part of the no. podcast last week? No. Brian was explaining that one of your lungs is smaller because it has to account for the, the where the heart is. Yeah. And you said it's just showing some respect. Oh, yeah. For yeah. The, the heart runs things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he's, this guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm a big fan of Joe <laughs> Mary uh, Marinkonovich. Y'all are making up names. I feel like these are getting increasingly difficult. I think it was a movie about her. Uh, <laughs> what was that movie? Being Mary Marinkonovich. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. I was yeah. thinking the, the Aaron yeah. one. What's the Aaron? Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. Oh, I thought you were talking about John Malkovich. Grand... Yeah, that <laughs> that's was... the one I was thinking of. Yeah, both of them. Aaron looks like a chubby Brad Pitt. Hey. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Seriously, if he stays on track with the weight thing, he'll be better looking than Pitt because he is so much younger. Wow. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very mean, nice. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. Pitt will eventually die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so whenever that happens, you will then take the reins. But I think you have to wait till five days after his yeah, death. Yeah, I was going to say. It still wouldn't be immediately. I don't think it's – not yet. It's not immediate death. It's <laughs> – it's he's been we go it's time to move on it's, right. when his, it's when his family and friends have moved they go all right we can move on <laughs> brian's mom is it just me or does breakfast carry the show <laughs> is that your mom I don't, I don't think so but somebody changed their handle to that so the brian's mom is yeah. it me or does breakfast carry the show 
But I agree with whoever that is. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Teague Deal, right? T-E-A-G-U-E. Yeah. Teague. Yeah. Uh, you think, and last name Deal. It appears that way. For a regular last name, that seems like a pretty flashy first name. Uh, like, that's like the aunt named him Teague. It's like, what about Teague? And you're like, our last name's Deal, dude. My name's Bob Deal. And you want me to have a daughter named Teague Deal? And they go, yeah, why not? You know, that's fun. <laughs> the first episode of this podcast came out the week before my wife and I had our first child. It's a guy. <laughs> 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 we watched it while anxiously oh wait, while waiting anxiously for her to go into labor and it eased so much of our tension my daughter missed one episode but we've watched every episode since all together thanks for making our first year of parenting even greater and congratulations on one year thank you very much uh, yeah this is the one year anniversary you said that earlier at the beginning um, made it one year did you think it would last one year, Nate? Because uh, I feel like early on, we were, early on, it felt very week to week. Yeah, you know, <laughs> paycheck by paycheck, baby. We go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I think one year. I thought. Yeah. I don't know how much longer after that. <laughs> but one year, we did it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think I I do enjoy it, I, and the fact that everybody comes out and it's very fun. Uh, I do enjoy it. I mean, it's very easy on me. We're see, it's all gonna. It's like everything COVID related. Like you make so many plans, and then when COVID goes away, you're like, oh, dude, I have. We have another kid and a dog. <laughs> like it's like there's people that have that. Like they're like, we have another child because yeah. of COVID. We thought let's do, let's have another one, yeah. and then that kid is named Teague and has to walk <laughs> around, and you're like, oh, I forgot he's here. You just always forget. <laughs> It's like Home Alone when he leaves the kid. That's, that's going to be like a lot of people because they had babies during COVID. And they're like, oh, God, I for, yeah, we brought another person into this earth. <laughs> Jordan McFarlane. Hello, folks, should be the intro to the podcast. And let's go, folks, should be the outro. That way we can cut it out, cut it off before Nate says it. <laughs> <laughs> he says, cut it off. That's a Southern. I was going to say, yeah. Southern. Yeah. Has to be Southern. Yeah. That's cut it off. All right. Thanks, guys. Adam Webb. <laughs> this is like uh, your family, Adam Webb. It's not all the no, way. No, that's two Bs. Webb with two Bs. I'm a one B guy. I know, but I feel like they would, y'all would be. We'd have something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People always think you have one B, and they'd be like, yeah, then we yeah, have yeah, to correct cool. them. It'd too. be a quick conversation, but y'all have, <laughs> right, have a good time. <laughs> Nate just finished a wonderful seven-member family vacation in Hilton Head, South Carolina. No, Nate, I just finished. <laughs> like, Adam just finished it. There's a comma in there. There's a comma. Why are you supposed to... Nate, are you sitting... <laughs> just finished a wonderful seven... Is that how you're supposed to read the sentence? Mm -hmm. You got to give it a break? Nate. <laughs> just finished a wonderful seven-member family vacation in Hilton Head, South Carolina. <laughs> Period. Stop. <laughs> Imagine all the reading all those letters back then. They said stop. The telegrams. Yeah. Telegrams. Yeah. Could they not just, were they so dumb that they couldn't figure out another sentence was going? As you can imagine, let's go folks work perfectly for many and for me in many situations. Stop. 
I can get my point across and laugh on the inside while doing it. Thank you. Someone that gets it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if y'all even got that sentence. I broke, I broke that up so much. <laughs> that Russell Dietrich. It doesn't, it, doesn't make sen- it doesn't make much sense to start a podcast by inviting people to leave with you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Inviting you. Let's go. Yeah. Welcome what to Nate Land. Let's get out of here. That's, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a good way to describe the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but let's go, Abiel. Let's go on this journey of this podcast. Well, that's part of the silliness of it that you're pointing out is that it, it doesn't even mean, they use it in a way that it doesn't mean what it means. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't know, man. Let's go. Let's go. Steve Kelly. If anything, every time someone's on a let's go, we should, we get a good laugh right. ourselves. <laughs> right. I mean, you have to notice it more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the point. We want to point these people out. <laughs> Steve Kelly in World War II. This is an old listener. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he, he might read the podcast. He doesn't even listen. <laughs> he still does the newspaper version. Uh, in World War II, soldiers would use code words to identify each other as a friendly in low visibility conditions. For example, someone may yell out flash and the correct response would be thunder. We should do the same with hello folks and let's go folks. The next time someone says hello folks, look at them and say let's go folks. Then you know it's time to high five and talk about Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I, I don't hate that idea. <laughs> That's a pretty great one. Because in that way, you don't say the same thing back to me. Go, hello, folks. Let's go, folks. That's a pretty good. Okay. All right, Steve. Might be on. What's, what's the out if they were just using hello, folks normally? Well, they don't and then say you go, it. Let's go, folks. And I'm like, what are you talking? About? And you just kind of back away. What do you mean if you if you say hello, folks, and they don't respond? And no, you oh. say let's go folks back to him. And, and they like, just they were saying just hello. Saying hi, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's hilarious though. <laughs> and that's I mean that makes me very happy. Yeah. To mean you get thrown in just the worst situation. <laughs> like that's wonderful. And that's the reason we should do it. Right. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Michael Reynolds. Let's poll, folks. The double take Aaron and Nate gave when uh Buttafuco. Buttafoco? <laughs> Fuko? I think it's like a, but a Fuko. Can't pronounce mutant. You say mutant. <laughs> was fantastic. Love the show. It's so great to be able to listen with kids in the car, and the only worry is that the info may not be right. <laughs> <laughs> we're not corrupting them. We're just misleading them. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's the worst we're doing. Yeah, he just made them dumber. <laughs> Ethan Runnels. I work at a paint store in Western New York, and I was listening to your podcast while I was stocking shelves in the warehouse. Some customers came in, and when I went out to help them, I automatically started speaking with a slight Southern accent. I didn't want to suddenly change it, so I just kept using it. (laughs) Before they left, other people came in, and long story short, I ended up having to speak like that for almost two straight hours. (laughs) I guess the podcast has a bigger influence on me than I realized. That's great. Some people, I would always hear servers would do that. Like, you, if you wait tables, you'd go, like, in a British accent. Be like, good day, mate. I don't know. I, I, do <laughs> I, don't, I don't Yeah, how uh, far could you yeah. keep that going? You think, uh, British accent? I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't. 
I don't even, what is a British, what, what? I, yeah. Could you do a British accent? You just Hello. did it. <laughs> I'd be a little aggressive. Hello. Hello, folks. I knew a guy. <laughs> Hello, folks. Hello, folks. And they're like, oh, God, where are you from? You're like, I don't even know where to tell you I'm from. <laughs> like that. So I know, I know a, there's a bar here in Nashville. There's a regular there who, who is, I always knew him as a guy with an Irish accent. I thought he was from Ireland. And everybody found out years later that he is from Tennessee. And he just started using an Irish accent at this bar. And everybody, he dated a girl for years as an Irishman. Wow. Yeah. And, every, and one day everybody just found out. They're like, no, that guy's not from Ireland. He's from He was here. faking it? He was faking it to everybody in No, he life. just weirdly grew up here and had that accent. <laughs> Tim Alexander has a great joke about he loves the World Cup because he learns every four years where his neighbors are really from. Yeah. <laughs> he just paints them all Mexican, and then he finds out he's actually from Argentina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is funny. Uh, <laughs> you guys... Uh, no, it's... Yeah. You guys should hear Ted tell it. Uh, when Brian says it, you're like, I don't think we should be saying this, man. <laughs> Ted does it in a little bit better way. He does. <laughs> Curtis Van Curen. We all need an update on that guy that seemed to have his pick of the ladies after commenting about his breakup. I believe his name was Harrison. Is he married to another folk? Is he womanizing? <laughs> That's two different options. I feel like I'm not the only person wondering. Yeah, I don't... We, we, Harrison's... A folk, so now he needs to write in and tell us oh. who he picked. I don't have the answer. Can you remind us of the story of what happened with this guy? He wrote in he had just gone through a breakup. Yeah, and how the podcast helped him through it, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> <laughs> yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next week, I think two different uh, women wrote in and said they'd love to meet Harrison yeah. and get yeah. to know him. Yeah. See what happened. Here's a belt on the podcast. <laughs> Don Holio, J-O-L-I-O. Yeah, I think you're right. Jolio. Well, I think you had it right the first time. I listened to 48 episodes of this podcast until I just couldn't anymore. <laughs> how could... How, uh, uh, this is not a good sentence to mess up. How could our school systems have failed us this badly? <laughs> and yet we know they did. Nate is a comedic genius, but in terms of education... An absolute moron. No question. <laughs> Obviously, this comment will not be quoted on the show, but Aaron, I understand your pain. <laughs> you kind of put it on me there at the end. I don't, I don't Aaron, know. why do you hate me so much? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. He, thinks yeah. she, he knows you went to private school. That's why he's saying. Oh, it's yeah. a parochial school, if we're being technical. Ooh, oh, good. Oh boy. Here we go. Yeah, I, I didn't go. I didn't go. You and Don Jolio. Like son of a woman school. It was, it was like a Catholic school. Yeah. Notre Dame? It's a little more than that. No, I was style. talking about before that. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Don, there you go. Well, we you showed him. Yeah. <laughs> we read it. Happy one year anniversary, Don. Uh, I don't know. Is the school system's fault? Could be. <laughs> but, I mean, some are just not going to make it through. Right. No, I didn't make it through. No child left behind. Yeah. They, I got left behind. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out my own path <laughs> to read in public. <laughs> I'm not even a good, like, uh, poster for that. If you have trouble reading in public, look at this guy. And you're like, but it's still not good. You're like, I know, but you could do better than that. <laughs> like, that's... He has the confidence of a uh, scholar. 
<laughs> so here's some comments uh, from the, uh, some people here in the audience. Uh, Matt Gabel. Gable. Gable. Hey. Matt Gable. Uh, I've brought three people with me tonight who have, listened, who have never listened to a single episode. I've tried to explain what's about to happen but can't. What should they expect tonight? It's a little late to be trying to figure that out. Uh, this is it. I mean, yeah, I, I, this is, yeah, I don't know what they're going to expect. I think they've already figured it out. Yeah. This is, it's, uh, yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. Right now they're just going, excuse me, excuse They're trying to get out. They're just walking away. Excuse, pardon me. I, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, Stephanie Himpleman. Huh? Is that right? Yeah. Himpleman? All right. Uh, you made me laugh. Hold on. <laughs> I got going too quick. That's like the, <laughs> Slow it down. It's like when the track, when the hones the 100 meter dash, when they take <laughs> off too quick and they have to, and they have to walk back. Fast start. You always watch those guys have to, they go, bah, 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 and they make just loud noises at them. And then they got to walk back and keep stretching. And that feels like always when the white guy was like, he's probably going to win that yeah. one. Like he's the, like, yeah, like, and then they do it again. Then he's dead last. He's like, I had the first one and y'all messed me up. You made me, uh, you made me laugh listening to calendars while I was in labor with our first baby. My husband and I are here at the show tonight as our first date since becoming parents. Make it a good one. I don't want to waste a babysitter. Congratulations. Did, did the laughing, like... Move it along? Induce. Move it along? Induce. Yeah. Induce, that's the I know word. what induce. He's the parent. He knows. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> slowed the process down, to be honest. She's like, ah, oh, calendars. The baby was late. <laughs> Carol Shoemaker, we are visiting from Virginia and are new to the Nateland podcast. We are golf fans in our 60s and want to know how many consecutive birdies Nate has had, had in one round of golf. Also, has he had an albatross? Uh, I've never had an albatross. I have, I have one hole in one, but it's, a, it's on a par three course, and so I don't count it. Because it was like, it's all, because I have a weird, it's all par threes. It was 122 yards, and it just feels like it's not, it's not in a regular round. So that's why I, I but because I, I always think if you if you have a hole in one you got to explain it, then it doesn't count. It's like you got to be. Like, I've had one. They're like, where is it? And you're like, as in between these condos, <laughs> like it's a real dicey area. Uh, and uh, I, my consecutive birdies, I had them not too. I closed around with three birdies in a row: 16, 17, 18. Uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm the only one that cared. Me and <laughs> me and Carol. Uh, so albatross means hole in one. No, that's not. Above that's an, an eagle? eagle. No, albatross is next. It's okay. par five. You get there and you hit it in two. I think it's harder than a hole in one because yeah. you're, you're, you're three yards, you know, you'd be 280 yards. It doesn't matter with a three would. It seems insane. Uh, but I don't, you know. <laughs> but thank you for coming from Virginia. I would Virginia, say that for Virginia. the golf. Uh, Carol, if you're new to the podcast, yeah. we have, I'm going to start a golf <laughs> podcast at some point. Uh, <laughs> It's going to air deer. It's going to air deer in Aaronland, <laughs> an offshoot. Yeah. Uh, Michael Birdwell. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> right there. Wow. He's just I a big wish, Michael Bird fan. Was on board. <laughs> yeah, you're you're here for you came to see Michael Birdwell's comment. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Finally. Where is he? When you were developing the Nate Land podcast, what alternatives did you not pick? For example, was there any other podcast names or comedians that were for consideration? Was it always a three-person format? Did you intend for the comments to be such a big part of the show, or did that just happen naturally? Good question, Michael. Uh, I have multiple comics I tried before them, too. <laughs> they're the only ones that worked out. No, I mean, I did talk about I didn't know what I would do with a podcast. Uh, it kind of figures out. The comments were pretty on. I, I wanted to read comments early, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it was one of those when you did read them, I thought, I bet this could become a big part of the show just because you're doing it. Mm -hmm. But I always wanted it because I feel like when the time someone reads it, like, you know, especially because we're talking about whatever we're talking about and we don't know anything. And then people listen and they always think that's not right. And then you can't, you, you're saying, because I have it happen. You're like, no, that's not true. And then you, you can't ever say that to anybody. Right. So you wanted some outlet that so then the audience could be like, y'all are stupid. As this, as I've been told, and so you could get, you know, so you could get that out. So I didn't know it'd be, it, it's become very cool, and, and like I think it's great. But I didn't, I, you know, but I didn't know. I figured it'd be good, uh, but I didn't know how good. I didn't know we'd be doing them this long. Uh, Can I ask Aaron what the, what question you get asked the most about the podcast? How do you guys pick topics? I get asked that a lot because they seem to come out of nowhere. <laughs> a lot of we times. still don't know. Yeah. We look for a formula, and there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I would like there to be some – I mean, again, we always just say it, it's just trying to – something we can talk about so we can make jokes. So the topics don't really matter. They just got to be like what can we make the funniest yeah. and what can have the most information that can be like – you know, that's why like Presidents was good, mm -hmm. like some of them. I think this one's been good. What's yours? I get asked, how can I be a guest on the podcast? <laughs> and I say, you've got to be a longtime friend of Nate's or used to work with his sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got to be one of those two. Yeah, you got two ways in. <laughs> Maggie Eason. Sorry. Uh, hey. <laughs> right. uh, my husband and I just celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary a week ago. Congratulations. Hey. And he gifted me with tickets for us to come to this show. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have an 11 year. Uh, I've listened to every episode at least once and laughed endlessly. Don't stop doing what you're doing. You're all awesome. Here's, here's to your one year, our 10 years, and many more years as this crazy world will allow us all. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank Congratula you, Congratulations, y'all, for yeah. 10 years. 10 years. That's about right when you start going like, all right, if we're, we're going to make it, you got you to gotta get off me for a little bit, you know? <laughs> 10 years is the marriage point, you know? Yeah. Up to 10, you're like, this is, can't believe we're married. And then 10, you're like, all right, you got to back away for a little bit, all right? Yeah. <laughs> huh? You're just at a one few months. Month. One month. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine? You're one year. A year and a half. A yeah. year and a half? Yeah. yeah. 10. I mean, what are you? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 2006 yeah 15 ours is October uh, but we've been together since 2001 20 no she's here if you got I think you all got stuff at your table that's all Laura my wife uh, put all that stuff it's all 
it's all her. Chelsea Hansen. Hey! I know you said before that people make a whole weekend or vacation around going to your shows, but my husband and I are driving up literally for one night only, uh, one night only from Virginia for the night of the podcast, and then turning around and going home. No pressure, but I'm expecting you all to deliver. Let's go! Wow! Wow! That's big deliver. How many hours is that? Y'all drive back tonight? Are you staying to spend the night? Early in the morning. Get back. How long is this drive? Is that? Uh, eight or nine hours. Oh, oh man. Wow. You guys, how long have y'all been married? <laughs> nine months. That's when you do stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> you get 10 years, you're going to start, you start flying. You're like, hey, that like, can't be in a car that long. Are you crazy? <laughs> Uh, before we get into the topic, too, we have some taglines. We've talked to you guys about uh, the best way to describe the show to your friends. As, you know, as Matt, you brought people, and you go, like, I don't know how to explain it. And uh, so a couple ways that uh, we've asked people, and uh, here's a few of them. Leanne, or Lena. 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 Lena Peters. It sounds like L-E-N-N-A. Yeah. Like this should have been a Leanne, and then they <laughs> changed it up at the last minute. <laughs> What if Lena was like, I should have been Leanne, and then they messed, the guy wrote it wrong, and now her whole life is Lena. <laughs> the more ridiculous the topic, the more accurate the information. Yeah. 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 Is that Bigfoot? true? I mean, I think we nailed Bigfoot. Yeah. We solved Bigfoot. <laughs> Jordan Brown, a podcast that covers everything where the audience learns nothing and the host can't read anything. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that, if you don't get it from that, then you're like... Then Caleb you're, clapped for that one. I mean, he no. loved it. <laughs> He's like, right on. Bry Hernandez. It's like waiting in line for a movie and making friends with people waiting, too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's no movie when you're done with the no line. There's no movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the let's go, folks. Right. That's what I like yeah. that. It's because we're all in it together. It's a special, and we're making fun of everybody. Uh, Lindell Chambers, boldly going where no mistake has gone before. That's pretty good. All right. uh, Doug Stonier, Stonier. <laughs> it's spelled S-T-O-N-I-E-R, Stonier. Yeah. Or what would you say? Stonier? Well, we did it right the first time. Stonier? <laughs> sort Stonier? Of Stonier. I like know. he's stonier than. Stoniest. You right? You're about done. <laughs> uh, three guys from the south without without a single foul mouth who make great jokes for a bunch of simple folks. Oh, all right. Pretty that's good. sweet. That's not. That's a. That, that is a sweet one. Uh. Imagine just saying that some, to some, one of your friends. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody go, what's the podcast like? You know, it's three guys from the South without, without a single foul mouth who make great jokes for a bunch of simple folks. <laughs> and they're going to go, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, they, are you crazy, dude? <laughs> like, that's what you're going to say. You're like, that took a long time to memorize that. <laughs> Paul Sheldon, an old guy, a smart guy, and Nate. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Colin Green, a middle school project, submits their rough draft every week. 
It's a pretty good. Yeah. All right, we're on the right page. Like that's every week's that. All right, we're getting somewhere. Uh, Gregory Dunn, an educational podcast about something and nothing at the same time. Mm. Yeah. It's profound in a way. Yeah. You like that? Philosophy. I I know. CJ Montoya, three men and a lot of maybe. (laughs) Pretty good. So what is that? Big Montoya fan over here. Yeah, 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 he loved that one. What? That's a reference to what is it? A three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. It's a movie. I had heard of it, but what is it like? It's exactly what it is. I mean, (laughs) if you're not if you're not getting it from the title, I don't think you're going to get it. What do the three men and a baby do? Do they just kind of hang out? Can you imagine? Three men with a baby, it's not like it goes great. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, imagine it's their baby. Just imagine you wrote a movie and you called it Three Men and a Baby. What would you have them do? It'd probably be a lot of stuff goes wrong. <laughs> That's the great, I, I don't know, I've told it, but my favorite thing uh, Greg Giraldo, very funny comedian, uh, passed away. Uh, when Craig Robinson was hosting Last Comic Standing, he goes, uh, Craig Robinson, he goes, I got a new movie coming out. It's called Hot Tub Time Machine. And Greg goes, oh, what's it about? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's a hot tub with the time machine. There's no, when you ask to describe it, three minute of baby. Right, those are the characters. But I'm yeah. talking plot-wise, what happens? Well, the baby kills one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's where it I'll took have to the check turn. that out. Yeah, it's we a pretty should. good movie. Because you go, there's no way that could happen. And then you go, oh, that's the only thing that could happen. I think we showed a scene from it in our Urban Legends episode because the three men and a baby, the ghost. ghost oh, with there. the ghost in the middle. Well, that yeah. wasn't a baby. That was a kid. That was an older kid. Well, that was wasn't a, the baby. But that was the ghost. That was the ghost. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Elliot DeLuca, G-rated chat at a GED level. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> At a GED, would you ever? That's been. You go to get your GD, and you're like, "I'm here for the GED." <laughs> yes. like, how about you not last. worry about it? Yeah. Save this for last. Yeah. Uh, Lido Cortez, a podcast where the facts are given and questioned at the same time. That's true. That's true. That's good. And lastly, Daniel Laplante, Laplante. It's like, are you smarter than a fifth grader, but without the children? <laughs> 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 All pretty good. Uh, Felix. Uh, Felix mattress. He sleeps on a Helix mattress. I know some of you are sleeping on some old mattresses at night, and you deserve better than that. So give yourself an upgrade. Go online and get a Helix mattress like we did. Like I said, we we have a bunch of comics sleep on it. All different sizes. To Nick Novicki, to our buddy Justin Smith. I mean, wildly different of the weight that has been on this Helix Dusk Lux mattress. It's unreal, the difference. Uh, it is so comfortable. I still can't believe the mattress that is shipped. It's so great. When you get it to, we've talked about opening it. It's the fun, that's the, one of the funnest things ever to watch it fold out. It doesn't take much, and we love it. Helix Sleep has a quiz that just takes two minutes to complete and match your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Just go to helixsleep.com nate, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress customized mattress they'll give you the best sleep of your life they have a 10-year warranty you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free they will even pick it up for you if you don't love it 
Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Nate. Helixsleep.com slash Nate for up to $200 off and two free pillows. All right, today... Do you uh, want to talk about the uh, one year? Some st- oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, it's one year anniversary and... Uh, oh, yeah, and also, uh, this Thursday, the Best Of episode comes yes, out. Yes, we have... Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny to do a Best Of and everybody's like, I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> We're very high on our horse. <laughs> it's very short. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's four minutes. We, we took, uh, but it, I we I looked at it. It's great. Just we had best stuff coming out Thursday, uh, the day after the uh, podcast, which I believe Thursday is the exact one year, July eighth, uh-huh. which yep. is my daughter's birthday. And oh, then uh, so uh, that we did like a best stuff. So then, if you want to introduce someone to be like, hey, if you want to catch up. I don't know why. They have nothing going on in their life. <laughs> and you're like, you want to catch up on this. They have a 58-hour drive. To, you yeah. Know, then we can do it. So this is... Uh, so there's some YouTube stats. Uh, the most, uh, most viewed episode. We've done, what, 52 now? Did anybody, can anybody guess what you think it would be? What do anybody know? No, my dad. That's a good guess. It's a good guess. It's the wife. It's the wife. Yes. Oh, it could be standard. Is it the wife? It's the wife. The wife. Hey. Nate's wife, Laura. 84,000 views. Oh. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, that, that one is like, you talk about her so much. Stand-up comedy's got to be up there, too, though. Uh, yeah, it's one of the most viewed yeah. ones. Yeah, because all the jokes about her. So then people are like, well, what is this lady's problem? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they want to figure out what my problem was. The uh, least viewed, the Christmas episode. Which makes sense. I mean, yeah. you're not going to watch that in July. Right. Yeah. No, we did it in July? No, but I'm no. just saying. <laughs> oh, you're not going to watch it. Yeah. Right now it's July. Most of these topics are so great, they're universal. Yeah. <laughs> you could watch philosophy year-round. Yeah. Uh, the We're most... the, only pers- the only podcast that would give the least views. <laughs> Nothing else would do that. No one else, no one else goes like... Uh, <laughs> I try, like ESPN, they're like, you know our most watched game? And they tell you, they go, you know the least what? No one does that. They, you don't promote how bad something's doing. Yeah. You know what, you guys, which one you should check out? The Christmas episode. <laughs> well, I bet it'll, it'll yeah. pick up some steam again later this yeah. year. That's, That's right. It dives yeah. off. Uh, once it comes back around, yeah. check back with us in 10 years. They'll be like, guys, it's still consistently... For 10 years, it's been the least episode. <laughs> We're going to only do Christmas episodes from here on out. That's where we learned about the microscopic uh, gift card, uh, right. Christmas yeah, card. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most liked episode, the first one. Yeah. 1800. People were checking it out. The most disliked. <laughs> Second. Uh, oh, probably. The stock market one? That's a good guess. Um, the wife, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> It comes with the territory. <laughs> you get to the top, people will bring you down. Yeah. It's like when something gets so many views, then more people see it like yeah. outside of. That's the hard part. When people see this outside of like you guys and us, and people yeah. are furious. Like they're. So there's a great clip where we were talking about. Was, I think it was an Aliens episode, and Brian says some people think that the aliens must have built the pyramids because we'd have trouble rebuilding them now. And Nate goes, a triangle? <laughs> and I took, I put that clip on TikTok, 
and it got picked up by like Egyptian TikTok, yeah. <laughs> and these people are so mad about it. <laughs> They're like, these Americans, it's so. But it like got outside of us, and these people have no idea who we are, what we're talking about. They're furious about it. You there can't give so many comments in Arabic, and I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. They don't seem happy. But it's not good. Yeah. Arabic, when you look at it, it never looks pleasant when you read it. Like you never read it and go, oh, that guy's probably pretty cool. Like it looks like, all right, man. And he's like, I'm just saying I'm a big fan of the show. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I read that it's so wrong. So if I go to Egypt, I could have protests. You might, dude. I don't know. The uh, most comments from any episode, stand-up comedy episode, 373 comments. That's just for YouTube. Because I think we asked people to submit, because that was a two-parter. Yeah. And we said, submit your stand-up questions for next week. The second most, and it'll soon be the first most, was last week's on the human body because of the hello folks, let's go folks. Oh, yeah. yeah. People are fired up. Oh, that's it? That's it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's not a lot of YouTube stuff I can hear. in review right there. Yeah, right there. And for this topic, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be good. It seems like these are the funnest topics, mm-hmm. is what we believe. And so this this uh, week we're going to talk about psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I just always feel like they have the that's the one that has the most. Yeah, you know, most stuff. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But we're seeing. The less we know, usually the the better. Yeah. Right. right. And this is going to be right on. So <laughs> yeah. I started with googling what is psychology. That's a good. It's a good Google. Google Google's just like, oh, boy. Uh, oh. Like the definition of psychology? Yeah, I just thought I'll start there. Yeah, I don't. That seems... So it's the uh, study of the it human... Says, if you don't know, you don't know. That's what it says. Like, if you don't even... If you're starting here, I wouldn't start. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe ask how old you are. How old are you? And you're, if you're like, I'm 50. And they're like, he's like, don't even, I wouldn't even do it. Yeah. I had to lie about my age. It started, huh? I had to lie about my age. Usually you have to make yourself older. I had to make yourself younger for it to tell me. <laughs> for it to tell you? Yeah. 18. <laughs> it's the uh, study of the human mind and its functions, especially those affecting behavior. And then this article said that comedians are the closest thing to psychologists because psychologists test how people react to certain things in the world and they do experiments and comedians do that every night when they tell new jokes they get immediate feedback on whether or not audiences like jokes don't like jokes and why they do mm-hmm. so do you ever think of yourself as a psychologist up there, i do right? now <laughs> uh, so hello folks and let's go folks is they a psychologist person would love it what do they call themselves psychologists <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think they leave is that like a off. job that you can just have? Like you're like I'm a psychologist. You'd be an adjunct psychologist. <laughs> an adjunct, probably. That's who you go talk to, right? Like yeah. psychologists. Yeah. You go talk to psychologists. Well, there's a difference between psychology and psychiatry, yeah. right? Yep. What's that difference? One of them can give you medicine, <laughs> can give you pills, <laughs> right? And, one, and the other one wastes your time. <laughs> yeah, <there> you <laughs> you know, at the end. So did I get medicine now? He's like, I don't do that stuff. And you're like, then why don't you say that on the sign, dude? You, the whole reason I'm here is for the medicine. <laughs> it said that in some ways comedians are better because they understand people better than psychologists and are often more right than psychologists. All right. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's pretty fun. We're the best at it. Yeah, and you've talked about how 
you've noticed, like an experiment would be, you've told jokes about your wife and some people have thought they've come off as too mean. Yeah, at the very beginning. Uh-huh. Because and you could tell that they take it, they, if they, they take it that way. Like, so at the, when I first started comedy and I would do all these jokes about my wife, they would be like, well, why are you married? And you're like, well, that's not how you're supposed to be taking a joke. Uh, <laughs> so, but I would just tell them, like, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ask myself that every morning, man. And he goes, what's that? And I go, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, but you would, you're realizing that you're taking, you're like, all right, I'm delivering this joke not in the way it should be delivered. And people are taking it the wrong way. Because it's, because like I've said, the, you talk about marriage. I talk about the bad stuff of marriage or like the, the stuff that we get in fights about. I don't talk about like how great it is or how she can, you know, she came up with all these ideas for these little yeah, things and yeah. she went and did all these. Like, yeah, that's, but that's no fun. That's not, if I just was up here, I was like, my wife's awesome. You're like, you know, you ever see someone talk about their wife being awesome to you? And you're like, I don't trust, I don't believe in that marriage. <laughs> like, you just be hanging out with them. He's like, dude, my wife is just so great. And you're like, what well, you loser? Like, what do you, you just kind of assume we all got great husbands and wives. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. Like, tell me the bad stuff. Right. That is, it's no fun when someone does that. <laughs> and then you have to sit there and go, that's great, man. Yeah. That's, I'm so glad y'all are happy. And you're like, I don't care. Uh, but yeah, so I had to figure out how to, because you got to have love in it. That's where, we always talk about The Office, but that's where Michael Scott's character was so good, because there was love in that. Yeah. You could tell that he loved these people, it and it, like that was our, my favorite episode, was the painting episode, where he goes to Pam's painting. Business school. The business school. Yep. The whole episode's great when he goes to Pam's painting and he sits there and he's the only one that shows up. Yeah. And that's the sweetest thing I've ever seen on television. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, it's a guy that's just doofus mm-hmm. that everybody doesn't like, but he goes there and is blown away by her painting, yeah. which is the sweetest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's psychology. And season one. They... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In season one, they made him, he wasn't quite so sweet. And well, because you don't know him. him, probably too. Then you don't know the character, right? So then you people take it. It was mean, and then it's also the way he looked because he was like they gave they gave him hair. They gave him he hair. He was balding in season yeah. one, and they're like, we got to make this guy likable. Yeah, and so they, <laughs> so they gave him hair. Yeah, yeah. And he lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do for season two of Nate Land. Is you go see? Give me a, I just come out a big wig. Bald eagle over here is gonna show up and be like, boom! And just, well, do you get it. that, Brian? Do you get people go, aww? Do you get that from the crowd during jokes that you don't intend to? Happens to me all the time. I, yeah. I, when I first started, I got it a lot. Because you're trying. They can tell you're trying. <laughs> they go, oh, he's up there giving it his all. <laughs> I don't get it, but he is, he is, we're watching, what are you watching? A guy trying his hardest is what I'm watching. <laughs> That's what I'm watching. Yeah, we, yeah. and we can make so many hypotheses, like an experiment on why it didn't Ooh. work. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was tired, right. they just got off work. All right. It's July 4th weekend. Mm-hmm. But that's if you don't get the dynamic. This is why comics love, they always talk about comics making fun of each other. And that was a big thing. When I was in New York, it was like there's a comics table at the Comedy Cellar that, if you know comedy, it was like kind of famous. 
because everybody would go there and just rip on each other. And the reason it works because everybody knows it's not real. Everybody knows we're just making fun of each other. And everybody loves everybody, and like everybody's happy. And you can just trash. Like there's, I mean, there's times in stand up where you, there's moments where you could be like, hey, could you just say you like me? Like the beginning, you would be like, I don't think this person likes you. And you're like, if they weren't making fun of you, they that's how you know they wouldn't like you. They would uh-huh. just ignore you, and just be like whatever. But if they start trashing you, that means that's like a sign that they like you. And comics don't want like. All the nonsense of being, you know, like the the sweet whatever, and being like you did good. Like it's better to be like you you were terrible. (laughs) And I would rather hear that from another comic just to make fun of you than to go like, man, you were so great. And you're like, all right, dude, like quit. (laughs) It's being weird now, (laughs) and we don't like weird. When uh, speaking of, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, He loves me. When TV uh, shows first started in the 50s, TV executives were doing tests on, on sitcoms, and they didn't have live studio audiences, and they would just do it without a laugh track, and people were testing that these shows aren't funny. Then they figured out a laugh track, same show, just put a laugh track on it, and people started finding the shows funny, because they learned it's, laughter is a communal thing that makes people more... Uh, when you hear laughter, it makes you want to laugh more. Right. Same show. So that's like a psychological experiment they did. Oh, right. Yeah. Have you ever seen that when they go into those sitcoms and they remove the laugh track? And it just turns into like the creepiest show of all time. Because <laughs> everyone's just pausing after they say something. Mm-hmm. And it's just silent. Yeah, you need... I like a laugh track. We need to bring that back. If did, I, I, did I talk about the professional laughers? At, <laughs> for, no. uh, at, so the pilot that I shot that went nowhere... Yes. It's, it's only survived because I've talked about it on the podcast, <laughs> and I have some pictures and stuff. But so for us, when we, when we shot it, uh, for us to get used to the rhythm of the jokes, because you would write all these jokes, and I mean, as a comic, you know, like, all right, that's funny, and you know that people will laugh, but it's not like you're always, like, dying laughing in a writer's room. You just write something, and you go, that's, that's very funny, and that's literally how you respond to most jokes. You go, that's really good, and then you don't laugh. I mean, it's, it's very stone-cold faced to... <laughs> That's one of the best jokes I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and that's in your reaction to any, and then you're like, all right, can you laugh? And you're like, I'll never laugh at it. But that's <laughs> maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard, you know. So for us to get you, when we were, all, when we were rehearsing, uh, we couldn't bring a live audience in. So we, they hired, there's guys that are professional laughers. And so you bring in like eight guys or women or uh, Guys and women, and they sit spread out. I'm not trying to say one's better. Women are terrible at this. No, they go. They go. <laughs> women are one of the least fun group of people. And so, no, it was women are great laughers. And they, so they would spread them out, and they could laugh on command. And so they, and they laugh loud, and they laugh at everything. So they would laugh at where the jokes were. And so then you knew. Like, you could kind of get used to, like, you could have a pause of silence because the person would, because those eight people would laugh. It was pretty unbelievable. Like, that's those people's job is just to be like, oh, I need a laugher. And they're like, yeah, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And they could go sit and they laugh. We should talk the about spots. that on the Odd Jobs episode. Yeah. Well, do you start to not trust laughs after that? That would get in my head, I feel like. I mean, you're writing a show. I don't think, no, it's not like, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking fake laugh, but I mean, you know, they're laughing where the jokes are at. I mean, you're not, you're really using it for like timing, timing. Yeah. Uh, just so you can, because otherwise you're going to speed through everything. Like my special, when I couldn't hear them laugh and I did 
60 minutes of material in 43 minutes because all the energy is taken out. And so you just start flying and you're like trying to, you know, once it gets silent, you're like, I got to go again. Like, and so this just helps you kind of pace that out. They did a psychological study on comedy clubs and what makes the best comedy club. Uh, low ceilings because the laughter stays Everybody the looks more. up immediately. <laughs> and he's, uh, like, uh, all right. Cramming people Don't have in. that here. Go ahead. No, these are low. These would be considered low. Yeah. It's low. Yeah, well, if you're in the balcony, it's super yeah. low. And um, <laughs> uncomfortable. The taller, the taller you are, the lower it is. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's psychology right there. Uh, and um, uncomfortable seats. They found yeah. if people are in comfortable seats, yeah. they relax too much and don't laugh as much. Well, they jam you in. Yeah. So if you ever go to Comic Con, as you can see now, everybody gets very close. This is the best setting for you and for us. If you, you will have more fun close. That's like when you do a show, if there was 50 people here and we had you spread out, it would be a nightmare. And then, but if we got eight, didn't we say this? Did I say We've that? talked about yeah. it before. I don't know. You have eight people together. Yeah. It's better. It's way, right. and that's why you try to get everybody to, oh, this was BOGO. The BOGO show. Yeah. <laughs> the, this would be, it'd be right before the show starts. All right, obviously, because everybody, everybody's alone. Yeah. It's yeah. buy one, get one free tickets for Brian's show. <laughs> and, but everybody, they can't, it's all people that can't find a person to bring with them, so they have to come alone. <laughs> and then before we get started, Brian has to go, hey, can everybody scoot up and let's all sit together? Move up, move up. Yeah. But in general, the more uncomfortable you are, the, the better, better it show. is. That's Letterman. It was always like 55 degrees in there, yeah. something like that. I'm, I'm making that temperature up. It was very, very cold. cold. Very yeah. cold. It was very, and people would be freezing because that's better. That's what makes you laugh. Uh-huh. So some famous psychological experiments. They did a study on conformity and how people will just go along with the pack. And they, You watch this, dude, in lines. Yeah. Watch lines. <laughs> I've noticed this more. Go to like Starbucks. My joke about Starbucks it was built off this. Just watch... People just go get near people. Yeah. You just, is that what this is about? Well, they were observing lines. Yeah. But it's about people just getting near people? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same principle, maybe. They, uh, they would look at a chart and say, which one of these lines is the same length as that line? And if people, if you ask these people alone, they would majority time would get it right. But if you put them in a group, they would place actors who would purposely give the wrong answer. Yeah. And then those other people who uh, who had, had it wrong before, they would they would also say it was the wrong answer just because they thought, well, if that guy says it's that, yeah, it he must be right. Yeah. People would just go along with the pack, even though it's that. not their best interest. I, I would too. It would You're depend right. on what they look like. <laughs> like if they look smart, I'd just agree with them. You know. Yeah. So you basically you'd follow like you can watch people uh, just like watch a line, and you can see you can just see people just get in people get into lines that don't won't know what the line is for, <laughs> and you can you can usually just notice it. You can notice it with uh, I mean traffic can be that way where like people just get it. You're like people are just stopped and no one knows why they're stopped. <laughs> and there's you can just watch people. You can cut like cutting people off in traffic is easier than it's ever been in the history of driving because people are on their phones. And so once they're on their phone, then they're like, well, I'm going to get on my phone. And then just a train reaction of everybody's on their phone and you just drive in front of those people. And they're still sitting on the highway right now. (laughs) They don't know what's going on. Go to start. If you go to Starbucks, look, just look at the line and just watch people just scoot up. I will sometimes you can stop, like stop 
and then let people go and then just like keep moving up and just watch the person behind you. They just do whatever you do. Yeah. Like they're not even looking at the grant. Like if you just go, just look at the Starbucks and we could probably fix it. I don't know what I'm really saying here, but <laughs> y'all are going along with this, you know, yeah, that yeah, yeah, a good example. Yeah. we're all just like, uh. <laughs> and I would argue on that poll that you did about hello folks, let's go folks. Whoever the second answer is, I feel like audiences always cheer more. I yeah. feel like they get going, and then for whatever reason, it's always the last one that they cheer the most for. Well, that's, you know, when I watch, when I'd watch Dan, I'm a Dan Patrick fan, and like everybody would, when he would say his pull, he'd be like, all right, they wants to get a pull out to the audience. But then he explains his reason, and you're like, well, it's going to be that. I mean, no, because yeah. we're listening to you to begin yeah. with. Yeah. And so, like, I'm going to just say whatever you say. Like, it's almost like you'd have to be like, I want everybody's true reaction without being influenced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, they're telling us. Um, <laughs> Something, all right. <laughs> uh, so how we view, value beauty. They did a test, and they put a, one of the world's best violinists who people had paid hundreds of dollars just to see him perform, and they put him on a Washington, D.C. subway station as a homeless person. He was play, playing a $3.5 million violin, and no one would stop to listen. Everyone went past him, and... Uh, no one would pay attention to him. So the experiment raised questions about how we value beauty because we act like we know what we like, but really it just has to be the right setting in the right circumstances. Yeah, because he's not going to be, no one's going to be down in the subway playing the violin. Like, no one famous. But if it's just as good, why wouldn't we just enjoy it? Because you would not assume that it, because no one's down in the subway just loitering around. <laughs> you don't go down there and hang out and be like, maybe we'll hear some good music today <laughs> at the New York subway. We're getting thrown in the tracks. Right. Like you get, and you're like, I'm taking in the sights to be like, oh, yeah. You mean they, guy, don't, they don't have time. They've got to if go you somewhere. walk by a guy peeing on a wall and then you see a violin, you're not going to be like, oh, but he was beautiful, actually. <laughs> like that was, if it wasn't for the people using the restroom around me, I would have stayed and enjoyed it more. <laughs> and then they go, see, this is an experiment. That's a, that's a horrible place to try it. Because <laughs> you're trained to not want to hang out. Yeah. It's not a ride. Yeah. It's it's you go down there, then you're like, we got to get out of here, and then, <laughs> but you go see it. You don't go just enjoy it, and then like I don't think it's a fair place to. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Every research lab needs a Nate in their office. Yeah. And yeah. They just run every idea by him, and you tell them right away why that's stupid. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're stupid. Yeah. Do you think you could tell the difference between? Just an amateur violinist and a, the best violinist in the world are down no, there? No. No, I have a theory with that with dancing, is that I don't think anybody knows <laughs> what's good or bad. <laughs> and the greatest dancer and the worst dancer is like, if you just told me that guy was, if you showed me the worst dancer and told me he's great, I would be like, okay. <laughs> like it would be, you know, it's like robot. Like if that's someone does like the robot, you're like, all right, I, got, I get that. <laughs> I get the robot. Yeah. But the rest of it, you're like, you're just moving around a lot. Right, like, it's, right. it's, I don't, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I agree. You take music out of dancing, it's one of the most embarrassing things you could ever <laughs> witness. Just if silent someone, dancing. Just silent dancing, you're like, this is uncomfortable and we shouldn't be around. <laughs> and you, and you ask to leave. <laughs> they should do an experiment with that. Yeah, just have someone the, dance. The Jabberwockies, isn't that what they're called? Send them down. That's there. like the first time when you saw when people start wearing headphones and they started just talking. Mm -hmm. 
And like, and you're like, who is this person? And it was not normal. Do y'all remember? Like when oh, yeah, first yeah. Bluetooth was like yeah, kind of yeah. coming a thing. And then people would just start talking. You're like, I don't know. This guy's crazy. <laughs> I remember going to San Francisco and uh, they have a pretty uh, crazy homeless thing going on over there. <laughs> and I feel like I'm trying not to say anything bad. And I just say the worst. Like, it's like you could uh, make it real worse. Uh, but you're walking around, you're like, I don't know who, what's happening. There was a guy walking, and he had headphones in, he had a suit on, and I'm like, all right, so I follow him, because he was like, I'm like just trying to be with someone that's normal. I mean, that guy wasn't on the phone at all. Yeah. Like, he just kept making the same lap, and I was like, oh, that guy's crazy. Like, I, he had a suit on, and those headphones are just, he found them on the ground. He doesn't have a phone. He's just talking to his head. And I followed that guy for quite a while because <laughs> I was just trying to find some, like, you know, normal person. Yeah. I thought he was a great violinist. <laughs> uh, the false consensus effect is when we overestimate how much everyone else agrees with us um, because we only surround ourselves with people. This happens really a ton now with social media and in TV news, we think everyone agrees with us because we surround ourselves with only people who agree with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if we all we all agree. <laughs> I want to agree to disagree. Night. That's why you gotta have people that don't. They, yeah, that are not on the same on board with you. Yeah. Right. That's why you should have friends that are not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is uh, that the answer? That's what they did. They did all that just to go. Yeah, you should hang out with people that don't think like you. Uh, they just said this has gotten much worse over the last few years because we all just... Uh, what they, is just give, they give no solutions. They're just like, yeah, it's getting <laughs> yeah. bad out there. I mean, that's, that's the dumbest. That guy went to college for that. <laughs> and, he, and that's one of his things. He goes, you know, go outside, it's hot. It's going to be oh. hot. If, if the sun's out, it's going to be probably hotter than if it's not. And you're like, yeah, man, is that what you went to school for, dude? Like, that's, that's that. Yeah. He goes, everybody just hangs out with people that agree with them. Okay. <laughs> uh, he goes, like, yeah, it's getting, it's getting worse now. You're like, okay. And I'm paying. And you're like, I got to pay. And you don't give me medicine, dude? Like, you don't, you hear all that? Do I get at least medicine at the end of this? And he goes, no, I don't do that. I go, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, uh, in a series of experiments, researchers found that those who th thought about a backup plan did worse than those who had not thought about a plan B. Mm. With those who realized they have options, their motivation to succeed the first time dropped. So researchers said you're more successful if you don't have a backup plan. That's like the let's go and hello folks debate. <laughs> There's no backup plan. We're going to die with one of these things. <laughs> uh, but I think you would, I mean, you moved to New York uh, with that mindset, right? I didn't go to college to make sure I don't have a plan yeah. B. Like yeah. I, yeah, I, there was I had no options but yeah. for this to either work out or just it all or live. I mean, just I, I would have done nothing. I don't know what I would have done. When you say that's true, though, for guys who didn't make it, maybe they yeah, they didn't try it. They don't give it their all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I think a lot of people. If you if you don't if you think you want to, that's like when so many people think they want to do comedy and they think oh, I think I could do it. We just had this conversation about this with a guy. Uh, about golf, of course, and they, <laughs> but this guy's a really good golfer, and was talking to him and a guy, John Augustine, who uh, we had, uh, who's trying to make it as a pro, and so saying, like, this other guy that is a really, really good golfer, he can shoot four under, 
He's great, but he's not a pro. And so it was the idea of like, well, he just didn't try. And so that's why he's not a pro, which I think is, is taking a shot at the guy that did try. Because trying is part of it. It's just because you have the talent to be this great golfer. You could have the skills. If you don't have the mental aspect of it to make it, then you didn't make it. And that counts. So if you just give the person the out to go like, but it's because they didn't really try. Mm-hmm. Well, then they didn't make it. Yeah. That's just making that person feel, you know, if you're trying to be nice and polite, right. that's all that is, is right. being like, I'm just trying to be polite. Yeah. You didn't make it because you didn't want to try. Well, that's part of it. Right. The, the talent is everybody. Everybody can have the crazy talent. Right. But if you, if you don't have the, the willing to, like, throw everything away and be like, this might not work out, then you didn't, then you didn't take the chance. And right. so you don't get to say – you don't get, which is mean, but you don't get to say, you don't get to go, oh, I could have done it right. if I would have just tried. Yeah. Well, you didn't try, so you, you <laughs> didn't. You, so here we are. Yeah. And you I'm, didn't make it. I remember you called me one time. And you said at church, that you watched a video where this guy talked about how he was in a band and he was enjoying his career, but he wanted to give it up. Do you remember this? <laughs> to, to just focus on his family and the Lord. And you told me, I mean, it sounded such a great story. You said, I guarantee you that guy wasn't good enough. <laughs> I guarantee you he just couldn't make it. That's I bet why. his music was garbage. Yeah. Well, yeah. music is the most because everybody thinks they can be in a band. Yeah. And uh, I bet he wasn't. And, like, so, <laughs> I, look, that's, that's not nice. I understand the idea. I get the idea of it not being nice. But it's, I think the person gets to hide behind well, I want to focus. I took, I can take stuff very slighted. Like when I had someone tell me they were, they were doing one thing and they, uh, in the, in show business and they didn't want to travel on the road so much. So they got out of it and they go, I just didn't want to be a, you know, a dad that's always gone. And I take it as like, well, you're throwing that on me, man. You didn't make it. Right. You didn't make it. So don't give an excuse and make me feel like I'm a loser dad that I travel. You would travel if you could make it, but you didn't make it. So then you get to protect yourself by going, I don't want to be like you and possibly be gone all the time, which is a very mean, I think I take, that's a very mean thing to say to me instead of just that guy going like, I didn't have what it took. So I had to, you know, I I, I didn't get to make it. So I went and tried this other thing and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it, no one's going to admit I'm a loser. No, I don't know. Like a, <laughs> you know, it's hard. I make sure they know before they walk away from me. Yeah. I go, so you're a loser, and then they get, it gets uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Stanford prison experiment oh. was a famous psychological experiment. Stanford has a prison. Well, they did for this experiment. They had a prison. No. Well, they created one. Oh. They created one to, to see how quickly we embrace roles. Imagine you get to that jail and you're like, so it's at Stanford? Yeah. It's Tiger here? It's, yeah. You get to meet? Yeah, it's a Stanford prison. So they assign half the students to be, there's a research group to be guards, and the other half to be prisoners. And for two weeks, they had to do these roles, like legit. And after six days, they had to cancel this experiment because things were getting so out of hand. Mm -hmm. People embraced their roles so quickly (laughs) that the guards were torturing the prisoners. (laughs) And the prisoners were accepting it. They'd both just taken on their role as as what they were. And it just shows how quickly power can go to your head or lack of power can. They had to to stop the whole thing, shut it down. 
Yeah, once the torture started, maybe stop. <laughs> the, maybe shut After the six down. days. After six days. <laughs> taking it too serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that, yeah. How would they figure out? But that's not real life experience. That's, this is the problem. <laughs> it's all these college-educated right. folk. You can't. Y'all go, no, no, we're going to do it in a safe scenario. Like, there's guys that are really in prison. Yeah, yeah. And, you're gonna, and then you have the audacity to go, I did that one time. <laughs> like, that's... I did it. Well, I went to prison. You can't go to a real prison and then be like, all right, for six days, you guys are all going to be the guards. And then the guards, you know, there's no other way to simulate this. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good idea what's going on there. So what, what are they trying to figure out? Yeah, the prisoners are a little more upset than the guards. And the guards <laughs> take advantage of their power. You're like, okay, that's a prison. We see that happen in real time. And then Stanford goes, well, we're going to do it. We should reenact it. And you, you go, you loser. What? People pay for that. Dude. Can you imagine if you send your kid and it cost what is a hundred grand a day to go to Stanford to get tortured? And you go, why are your both eyes black? Oh, I was a prisoner, and we were doing an experiment. That prison's not good. That's crazy, dude. What is what is happening? This is why I didn't go to college. You know. Go to community college. They really, they, this is just life in a community <laughs> There it goes. The teachers have too much power. They're hitting you when you walk in. The age groups are wildly different. 17-year-old to like an 80-year-old in the same class. Uh, you weren't ready? Huh? No. No. It's supposed to show how, if you look throughout history at some of the people who did mean things to others and you say, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. They were saying, if you ever got in that power position, you don't know what you would do. Right. It might go to your head. Right. (laughs) I think there's guards that are probably pretty nice. I would hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh... That's what we get out of it. I hope so. I don't want to live in a world where if I go to prison, there's not going to be one nice car. Negative bias. Our brain has uh, trained itself to quickly look for bad things more than good. So if your coworker compliments you for your presentation, you'll remember something mean they said to you much more. Mm -hmm. To feel balanced, we need at least five good comments to one bad comment to balance out. That's like the comedy thing when I was saying, like, you'd rather be told bad. Well, I I, I don't know if I told it. It was with Bill Burr. It was, uh, I was, uh, we were in New York, and we, me, this Bill Burr, I think everybody knows, and the comic Joe DeRosa I started with. I mean, we were sitting in the bar, and this, uh, and Burr was, like, getting pretty known then, where everybody was kind of recognizing him. And uh, someone came to him and said, uh, the bartender goes, oh, my brother's like a huge fan of you. And he's like, oh, I appreciate it. And that was all he said. He didn't like really react to it. And I remember she goes, all right, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, like, was that, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you or something. And he wasn't taking it bad. He was like, I just don't know how to handle, like, you're saying something very nice. And you're like, oh, I appreciate it. Like, he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. He's like, I would have rather you just tell me your brother hates me. We would have more of a conversation yeah. with that. And, but it's a weird balance because you obviously don't want to walk around and just have people being like, I hate you, and you gotta, yeah. I gotta, you got to go talk to them. What, what, what's going on over yeah. here? But, 
But on the flip side, (laughs) (laughs) found uh, Brian's mom out there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mom. As comics, we often tend to notice the one person in the audience not laughing as opposed to everyone else. Yeah, that's a weird, but it's, uh, I remember uh, comedy.tv. I don't know if anybody's ever, has anybody ever seen comedy.tv? My appearance. It's, that's crazy. That's so funny. It's my mom. <laughs> yeah. You're bit to do TV. I, there's a couple TV things I've done where I'm like, I don't know if a human being has seen this. I've seen it multiple times. And you're on television and nobody, it does not help at all. <laughs> you go have a fun night and then no one sees it. So comedy.tv it was, it was uh, Byron Allen. <laughs> they did this. Comics Unleashed was also another thing. It comes on on ABC at like two in the morning. Byron Ireland, by the way, is a billionaire. Yeah. This dude's figured everything out. He's a comic. Uh, he's been around forever. Great, he super the nice guy. Channel? I think he owns the Weather Channel now. Yeah. Yeah. And he bought. He like learned to buy ads like at two in the morning or one in the morning on ABC or something a long time ago. And he started doing this, and then like ended up. I mean, he's now worth I think a billion dollars. And so he'd do this Comics Unleashed where he would have comics. He would like interviews, and we'd all do our jokes. And they they did uh, stand up too, and it's called Comedy.tv. And so when we filmed it, it was in Los Angeles. This is, you know, you see my old videos. It's one of those old ones. My head shaved, glasses, uh, you know. And uh, so I remember doing it. And during the show, they did nine shows in a row. And so with the same audience. And so the audience would be paid to come. None of us were, nobody was known. So the audience, they pay them all to come. And so they have to watch nine comedy shows. It's, I mean, it's six hours or something that they're sitting there. So but we're one of the last shows. So by the time we're there, I mean, people are not la- They're not laughing. They're laughing at the wrong parts. <laughs> they're not listening. They're just truly like, what do you want me to do? They're like, ha, ha, like. And I remember just looking at this one guy, and his face was of disgust. <laughs> and he had really big hair, and he just sat there and just didn't have any reaction, but just stared at you. And I remember just looking at him the whole time. And I was like, it was, it was almost like it was just me and him in a room. And there's a thousand people in there, and you're just looking at this guy who's furious. And then everybody else is just laughing. If you find it, you go look up at that comedy. It's, they laugh at wrong parts. It's, it's just, it was like, just get through the set and then just be done. Like, you're, the reaction's not real. But you got you a standing know? ovation, right? They gave everybody a standing ovation. Like, they... <laughs> They, you stood up, when you walked out, they stood up, when you left, they stood up. I mean, that was just, they told these people, they go stand up, and they stood up. It would be like this, where they're just telling you what to do. It was like the Stanford uh, prison experience. Uh, Cognitive dissonance is when, uh, well, I can't really explain that, but uh, they did a test, and they they made subjects do a very boring task, and they said, we'll pay you to get, tell other people it's really interesting and get them to come do it. And we'll give you, they told some people we'll give you a dollar, they told some people we'll give you $20 to convince people that this is really fun, come and do it. So then they quiz, even though they're lying, they quizzed the people afterwards why you did it. The people who got $20 said, because you gave me $20, so it was worth it. Yeah. People who got a dollar, he convinced themselves that this was fun because a dollar is not worth lying, but yeah. in their head, they had to convince themselves. Because they're embarrassed. Yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and they're trying to convince themselves, like, I don't that know, was that was kind time. of fun. So, yeah. yeah, why not? So it's, uh, it just shows the difference in our demeanor as far as yeah. money is involved. 
I don't know. What, what are they doing? <laughs> like they're, what was the boring task? They don't say. Uh, the fact that you I just forgot. got a, a guy asked you for money off the street to go do something, you'd be like, I did it because I wanted to see what this, how this was going to play <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, it just keeps going. Like he just, yeah, he gave me a dollar. Like, I don't know. I got a dollar. And that was, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, what's the point? I mean, what's, what do they get out of it? What do they then? They go, and that's why something. Like, what's, I don't understand the. They just, I don't know, they looked at how people will convince themselves of something that's not true just to justify in their head to their brain that it was a good reason for lying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. I guess I've done that. I've lied about something and convinced myself it was in the best interest for yeah. everyone involved. I know. Starting this podcast. <laughs> uh, <do> it, uh, <laughs> every, right before I walk through that door, every day I go, this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I sit alone and go, no. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. <laughs> um, they did a study on people who followed authority, and they uh, told everyone that um, you're going to ask these people a set of questions. Oh, yeah. If they get it wrong, you have to give them a shock. And if they keep going, you increase the electric shock. Now, the people who were, they were shocking were actors. Yeah. This wasn't real. But the the, the whole thing was to see how far people would go if someone in authority told you to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people went to the point where they'd shock enough, enough to kill a person. Yeah. And they just did it. And they're, they're, they're not being shocked. but They're, they're not being yeah, shocked, yeah. but the people don't know that. But yeah. They're following authority. This was done after uh, World War II, after the Holocaust, to show how the Nazis... Probably pick a better time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe let that breathe a little bit before you start, <laughs> before just already like just jamming them in there. You're like, hey, let's try it. Once they get out, they're like, you mind coming over here? We're going to do a little experiment. You're like, can I have some time? It wasn't on them. Huh? It wasn't on the people in the Holocaust. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm just, even right after, I mean, I'm just saying. And that seems. Out, oh. Yeah. Just getting thrown right into it. Yeah. Even the idea to do it right after, you know. Yeah, it was when some of these people were being tried for war, war crimes, and they were trying to do experiment to see if they were just following authority and therefore yeah. maybe are innocent right. of their crimes. But a lot of What about these people that do all the, that make people that. try these things? Yeah. Like the, the, the psych, like psychologists. Oh, these people, why don't they do stuff. something on them? They're the ones that are ruined, like... Who are they to go, like, I watch people. They have no emotion towards people. And they're just wasting people's times. They're hurting people. They watch it, and then they write and go, huh, isn't that interesting? Like, it's all, it's all stuff that's like, yeah, I think we could have figured that. I think if you just talked to a person about it, they would. y'all could have come to the conclusion without wasting a whole day of a person. Yeah, the takeaway for me is if you sign up to participate in a psychological study, like, What's happening is not actually what's happening. They're messing with you in some way. Yeah, that's how it's like all a magic these trick. turn out. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the twist. It's the same twist at the end. They're actually we were watching you do something else. You know? It's yeah. just dishonest. Oh, they did some <laughs> really, really bad things, especially to children. Oh. I know who can't wait to read it. <laughs> The bearer, the bearer of bad news. I've been waiting for this. I don't even know which one to go with first. They're all so good. Yeah. Let's do the one with orphans. Um, <laughs> they took 22 orphans, 
some had stuttering problems, some didn't, some were fine, but they split them up and one group gave them positive, encouraging feedback and they improved in their life. The other group, (laughs) whether they studied or not, they told them, they disparaged them, they said they had speech issues, they really put them down. And those people, the rest of their, (laughs) Aaron. (laughs) Who signs up to do this? They don't have a choice. They're orphan no, kids. No, they're orphans. No, yes. not the orphans. Who signs up? I, can, I, can I berate the ones <laughs> yeah. that I can't read? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd be real good well, at no that. Well, no one's I, apparently watching these psychologists. No. They can do whatever they want. No. It was a six-month study, and the, the children grew Six up. Six months? <laughs> <laughs> Takes a while to really have sent it in. In 2007, a half a dozen of the former students got a payout from the state of Iowa for what they'd endured. Because lifelong psychological and emotional scar. This was a state-funded experiment? (laughs) It was the University of Iowa. Oh, my God. Uh, University of Iowa. Yeah. A real, that's a a main college. (laughs) You know, you you hope it's something you never heard of. What is Iowa? It's in Iowa. What's their, what's their, I know, what's their? Hawkeyes? Hawkeyes. Yeah. The Hawkeyes were doing this to children. Yeah, yeah. 1939. In 1939. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. And they, yeah. And they were wanting to see how they would go out in life. It just showed how verbal, yeah, people verbally berated Just children. ruined these, half the kids' lives. Yeah, yeah. What was the stuttering thing? Was that just you being mean? About, like, I don't... Them stuttering, I, what was the point of that? I think they had to have a few kids that really stuttered, so the other kids didn't catch on that something's up. So they put a few good kids and a few bad kids together and told them they were all bad. So the, they're, they're trying to... So I don't understand. What's the point of them stuttering? <laughs> I think they were just some ringers they threw in there. To, but they well, well, one reason, the ones who got positive feedback, they improved yeah. on their stuttering. Oh, so this is all oh. stuttering people. And so they're trying to see. Now, there were some stutters. In both groups, there were some stuttering kids and some kids who spoke perfectly fine. And then in the group that got positive feedback, the kids who spoke fine continued to speak fine. And the stutterers improved because they got encouragement. Yeah. And the other group, everybody went bad. Everybody started stuttering. Yeah. Yeah. So one kid was like, I didn't ever even stutter, and now yeah. I stutter. Yeah. I know, but this, so the whole experiment is just for the stutterers? Like it's, I think it's just to show how long-term effects on kids. So I mean, like, but the regular kids, I mean, that are just like, so y'all did, what is this? They're like, what is this study for? You're like, it's about stuttering. You're like, yeah, why was I in it then? I didn't stutter. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, I know, but we wanted to bring some of y'all in, to, you know. Yeah. Well, I think if you had all stutterers and you say you're terrible and they continue to stutter, like, well, what does that prove? Yeah. But they had to throw some So you're trying to make some of the kids stutter. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) And what do we get out of this? Shows the long-term effects of people's verbal, what they say to you, I guess. Well, I feel like if they... Like, so it comes out, so they go, so, yeah, if you yell at a kid for a long time, it doesn't... (laughs) Go well. <laughs> it's that sentence is what they, they ruin these kids' lives just for a guy goes, so we learned it's not a good thing to yell at yeah. these kids for a long time. And they go, yeah, anything else? That, like, do they, does anybody get superpowers or anything? Like, <laughs> like is there anything worth? It's, I mean, how stupid were they in 1939 yeah. that they didn't figure out, right. hey, if you yell at kids for a long time, it's not good. <laughs> 
I'll do one more. These um, people should be in prison. <laughs> the Stanford prison. Right. Are they in prison? Stanford prison. <laughs> well, it's 1939, so they're probably dead, but they, they're not looked on very well now. Uh, so we'll do one more. This was recently. In 1997, a psychologist did a study on how quickly someone could fall in love, and he came up with a set of 36 questions that if you ask each other across the table and then stare at each other's eyes for four straight minutes, you will fall in love. <laughs> so Brian yeah. and Nate are going to do that now. Yeah. This could be our new Krispy Kreme challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if And so, it worked. Yeah. They did it, and these two people fell in love with each other and got married, and then people have done it years later, and it's, it's worked. And It's also helped marriages that were falling apart. What are the questions? Are they weird? I'm scared to ask them. <laughs> well, just... don't, don't look at me. Okay. <laughs> this is like the first online dating. I guess. Like, how'd y'all meet? Oh, I asked these 36 questions. <laughs> stared at each other. Just stared at each other for four minutes. I mean, they're just intimate And questions. we realized we're both the only two stupid ones to ever do something <laughs> like this. And that's when we realized we were meant for each other. <laughs> if you... I mean, here's... What's it? How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? <laughs> when did you last cry in front of another person? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Are these for her... They go back and forth asking each other. They each have to, it's supposed to last 90 minutes, and then you stare at each other's eyes for four minutes. The guys kept looking down some. Yeah. But, uh, but it works, apparently. Huh? It what? works. Let me see some of these other questions. <laughs> That's all 36. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Oh, that's uh, fun. Oh, God. <laughs> He's like, Jesus. Everybody just says the... And if you don't say Jesus, you're the worst. Yeah. Well, like, why would you not? Eric would say Shaq. Yeah, <laughs> I would like. Yours would be very reasonable. It'd be like it's you. Would you say the the other person? I, I did a focus group for a toy company when I was like seven, and I remember they were disappointed with all my answers. Today. Yeah, because they they had all these other kids in there, and they're like, "What's the most important thing in the world to you?" And I was like, "God." And they're yeah. like, "They're like, oh." God, yeah, this here. kid's giving us nothing. Here we go. Here we go. And you're like, no, I know. That's like when someone, uh, when you said, what's like the best moments of your life? And you're always like, well, when my daughter was born, they're like, I know, dude. All right. Uh, of course. And your marriage and your family, I get it, blah, 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 blah. Now get to something we want to talk about. That's what this would be. I mean, I would think someone is, you'd need to say Jesus as a dinner guest. I don't know who else. It'd be a language barrier, though. Huh? Yeah. You gotta think about. <laughs> you gotta think about the, conver the conversation's gonna not. Well, I think you have good. God in your ear, and He tells you what He's saying. <laughs> Translate that. You go. <laughs> what did you say? And God goes. He asked just to pass the bread. To be honest, like he, <laughs> it's a very normal. And He goes. Hey, can you break that? He goes. Are you guys gonna uh, share this, or is this more of a family style place, or it's just asking Jesus, just asking very basic questions. Like, just, you know, you think it's going to be this big conversation, but some of it is like, you know, like, how long should I be here? You know, like, is that water? We'll see. <laughs> Once before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Oh, yeah. And then, the, then it says why. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you should know that you're going to have to explain that. <laughs> like, if someone, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? You go, yeah, absolutely. All right, that's good enough. Uh, 
It should, instead of why, it should be, like, what's wrong with you? That would be the thing. So what's wrong with you? You rehearse what you're going to say? Sometimes. Before, that Planet Fitness call, I thought about that ahead of time. Yeah. For sure. Because you want to you wanna get to it quickly. You don't want to... I rehearse, due to the drive through line, I take pride in how efficient my order is. I order for the whole table. Or the whole, not the table, the car. Car. <laughs> There's a table in my car. Yeah. That's how often I'm going. You got a van. So. <laughs> yeah. There actually might be a table in the van. But I, yeah, I've seen vans with tables in it. But I, I like to get it where they, I go, I order it, order it, and that's it. And they go, okay, your total's this. No follow-ups, no other questions. That's the best. And you're good. So I rehearsed that. I uh, I never like it when they when they kind of keep cutting you off and they go, all right, uh, is that it? You go, yo man, I got a I got a big car, <laughs> so I need you to buckle up. I'll let you know when we're done. <laughs> like you can feel like they're trying to be like, all right, is that is that yeah. it? You'll be like, uh, we're have a number one, no onions. Is that it? No, no. <laughs> Uh, number five, is that it? It's not going to be it for a while. Every time you keep asking that, we're keeping going. Hang on. Uh, let's try to get... Uh, what would constitute a perfect day for you? I mean, what a nightmare. Dinner. I hope this is like hypnosis where you don't realize you're getting hypnotized. And yeah. Aaron, Aaron just keeps listening. And yeah. before you know it, he's on to you. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? <laughs> That's insane. People fall in love. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would, which would you want? You'd, the, uh, you want your body to be 30, so you're, gonna, you're at 90. Yeah. Can I the ask last, if anyone's done this? Is anybody, yeah, because you would be, uh, you should be on the news if you've somehow <laughs> retained the minor body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life. We'd like, yeah, we'd definitely like you to come on stage because that's a, it's, uh, well, you got a Benjamin Button but... <laughs> You're saying, has anybody done this thing? Yeah, because couples do it. Has anybody done this? Probably not going to admit to it now, but. Um... Would you leave your wife if she asked you to do this? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that should be the number one question. Before we get started, all right, if we ask a serious question, do you think you're going to leave this relationship? You're like, I absolutely am. You're like, all right. That was, that's, we only needed one question. Uh, staring into each other's eyes for four minutes. I don't know what's worse. The staring or the questions? The yeah. staring or the questions. And after, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, make, st make three true we statements each. Uh, make, all right. Make... Three true, quote, we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling. Oh. So, so you got to say This is that. getting near the end, so now they want you to feel like you're oh. already a couple. Oh, like, so we, yeah, we are so. both, we have both wasted most of our day doing that. <laughs> and now you go. And, it, and she's like, like we have room. both loved this. And then I would say, we are not probably going to ever see each other after this. <laughs> <laughs> we are and not on the same page. We are, not, we are already not on the same page. And we should leave now. I don't think there's any reason for us to do any more of these questions. And then she goes, but we might fall in love if we ride this out. We are probably never going to fall in love. 
We go. And folks. I knew this from before we started the questions. <laughs> I can't believe we've made it this far. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Gil Greengross <laughs> wrote an article for Psychology Today about the intelligence of comedians. And so the average IQ score is 100. Yeah. 70 and below is mentally challenged. 130 above is top 2%. You can get Mensa. Average, so you want to be 100. Well, 100's average. You want yeah. to be higher than that. What's wrong with being average? <laughs> <laughs> That's the average. I mean, no one's, you know, you're doing pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, I needed to know that bottom. Do they? What's the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to be. Most, I would be nervous to take a. You'd one be of hanging tests. around seventy. Yeah. They would. I would. I would. I would be pretty nervous. You're gonna come out like I'm. Pray like when we all walk out the room, they're gonna pull me to another door. Hey, could we? You right there? Could you come out this other door? And I'm like, what's over this door? And they're like, just blocks and stuff. Like, and the, they go, I don't. We're gonna walk you out because I don't. We looked at your score and we don't know if you're gonna know how to get out of this building. <laughs> <laughs> they sampled 55 male comedians, and they ranged from 115 to 160 with the average of 138. The average uh, IQ of a comedian is 138? Male comedians. Male comedians. And then they did. They, they found, couldn't find enough female comedians? <laughs> they found 14 female comedians, and they ranged from 112 to 144 with an average of 126. So they're also way above average. Yeah. When did they do this? I think it was a long time ago. Oh. <laughs> How would they find 55 comedians a long time ago? This I is mean, all not, these people that say they're comedians and they're not? I'm not saying it was like in 1800s, but I think it was not last year. I think it was... I think I would know at least one of these comedians yeah. that go, no, I did this test. I remember... <laughs> if you asked, Right now, if you told me you asked 55 comedians, I would know one of them. Yeah. Probably I would. Go would. Take this I test. think it was probably like in the 80s or something. Okay. But <laughs> you sound mad that you weren't called about this. I don't have a list like. of them. When, where do you go get your IQ? You just do it whenever? Why do people even do it? Like just uh, Yeah, you can go take one now. Like you're you in a smart world, and then they're like, you got to do an IQ before you come in this world like, and learn about all to this join Mensa, right? nonsense. Don't, huh? you, don't you have to... You join, you join it? To yeah. join Mensa, you, you have you to... You apply to join Mensa, and then you have to proof of your IQ. Why are you in Mensa? Just to be... so you, everybody just knows to say you're, you're a genius. Oh. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that'd be fun to say. Yeah. It's, uh, obnoxious. <laughs> I mean, that person's got to say it just the whole time. You know, I'm in Mensa. He just tries to get it in every conversation. Where are you going? My Mensa class. What are you? Oh, the store. I thought, I, I got, I'm in Mensa. Is it Mensa? Is that how you say it? Yeah. M-E-N-S-A. Yeah. They did a psychological test on uh, timing of jokes and when jokes are the funniest and when they're too soon. Yeah. They did it in a tweet version. <laughs> so this was at Texas A&M University. And they uh, had 1,064 participants online for this. So a tweet. So this was, the tweet was from Hurricane Sandy. Okay. They created a Hurricane Sandy tweet account. And the tweet was, just blew the roof off of this olive garden, free breadsticks for everyone. <laughs> so that's the tweet. That's the joke. This was a university made this account? I think so. This is, or at least this is the tweet, the count and the tweet they okay. used for this study. Okay. 1,064 participants. Before Hurricane Sandy hit, people were loving it. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was very funny. Then after it hit and did much more tragedy than they expected, it went down. Uh, it was least funny 15 days after Hurricane Sandy hit landfall. But then it started slowly building again. <laughs> 
And it was at a, its highest point of humor 36 days after landfall. Imagine they put all their efforts towards helping with hurricane stuff <laughs> instead of just, can you imagine during it? What are you working on during this hurricane? When is right to do a joke or not? And you're like, why? Like, can't you just fill it out? All these answers are just stuff that you could be like, you could guess. I know. Yeah. And then they. Psychologists, uh, their biggest trick is making you. How do any of these people make money? Yeah. They got to come up with just studies. So then it went back down again after 99 days. So the study showed that. They kept it going for 99 days. <laughs> he goes, Is that joke still funny? Like, what joke? Oh, yeah. Are they just reposting the same joke every day to see how it does? That's a good question. Yeah. According to this, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the, the study is supposed to show timing of humor. If you say yeah. something too soon, yeah. it's not going to be funny. On, I was in, I left New York on Hurricane Sandy. I don't know if I've talked about it. I think you used to have a joke about there, it, right? uh, About your yeah, daughter being born? I had a joke, yeah, I had a joke about it. <laughs> yeah. I had a Hurricane Sandy joke. Uh, they, no, we, uh, the day I moved from California to California was the day Hurricane Sandy hit. And we were, we were supposed to be leaving the next day, but it was, they was like, hey, this is coming. It's getting really bad. And so I had to drive our car across the country. So my wife's dad came up and stayed with her. Harper was, I think, four months old or five months old. So I leave because I had to. But it's funny, in a hurricane, they tell you don't protect babies and old people. And I left my wife with both of those things. <laughs> and, I, and I just drove away. And they got stuck. And they had to go stay at a hotel Grand Central, by Grand Central. And uh, everything lost power except up to their street. And then they had to stay in that hotel for two days till they got home. Because we thought they could get out. They went to the airport and they couldn't get out. And so, yeah. So what point do you think Laura would find that tweet funny? Uh... I mean, I, I said that joke to her pretty on the drive out. <laughs> oh, your so, joke. I said my joke. I was yeah. trying it early. Like, <laughs> um, probably the most famous, I guess, psychological experiment was Pavlov's dog. Yeah. You guys heard of this? Yeah, I don't know what it means. <laughs> the guy's so name's I, Pavlog? Pavlov, yep. Huh? Pavlov. Pavlov. Yep. Pavlov. Can't imagine just calling a guy that. <laughs> Every time he comes over, who's coming over? Pavlov. You're like, what? Pavy. Every time he's who's coming over? Pavlov. You're like, no, I said who, not what. And he's like, no, his name is Pavlov. You're like, oh. Pavlov's like, Nicole's Can we call butcher. him Pav or something? And he goes, nah, he makes you call him the whole he's thing. The whole <laughs> is it a guy or is it a man or woman? You're like, I don't even, I can never tell. <laughs> It's Pavlov. It's just, it's Pavlov is Pavlov. Brings his dog with him. He brings his dog. So it, he uh, learned how an outside stimulus can lead to an involuntary response. So his, he noticed that his dog started salivating for food even when he just heard a... Everyone says it's a dinner bell. Actually, it wasn't a bell. It was other stimulus, but... He used to ring this. A lot of people talk and argue about this regularly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very famous. You probably hear all the time on the street, case. everybody's going, that dinner bell, and that's so wrong. <laughs> it's people don't know. <laughs> I think the majority of these people know. But he would ring How many it. conversations did you have about Pavlov's dog? <laughs> I mean, I took a, one psychology class in. Oh, yeah, in the class. High school or college. And, yeah. 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 Just the one class. Just one. Yeah. And, they, and they talked about that. They opened with the Pavlov dog. Oh, this is a big dog. one. Yeah. This is the big That's one. Opener, yeah. for sure. That's, yeah. That and Sigmund Freud. That was the two big ones. But he would ring uh, something, and it would make the dog salivate for food because he would always – at first he would always feed him. Yeah. Then he just started doing it, and the dog just started salivating even though he didn't see the food. 
So it's, it shows that you can create a, an outside stimulus from something. Yeah. I would think the – go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say I feel that every time – you know, before every show here at Zany's, they play Soul Man, the Blues Brothers song. Yeah. It's before every show, and they've been doing that for, I think, years and years and years. The whole years. time, yeah. The whole time. So I will, if I hear that song somewhere else, I'll get nervous like I'm about to go on stage. Because I just, I, I'm, I'm Pavlov's dog. I really, <laughs> yeah, I heard it. We played it uh, kind of as a joke at our wedding. We had it play, and I put it on the playlist. And I heard it in the distance, and I got nervous. Like you had to go up. Because you just think, yeah, you start to, like you're about to go on stage. I've, yeah. Uh, no, I don't, yeah, there's no, there's no weird saliva. I don't. He can fill two swimming pools yeah, with saliva. I don't go, yeah. I don't go on stage and spit all, oh, I do a little bit, but uh I don't know. No, no spit involved. But I've heard a lot of comedians say that, that they hear Soul Man on the radio, yeah. they tense up because they're used mm-hmm. to going on stage. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's crazy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference is we're always usually opening the show, so we got to go out right away. By the time you yeah, go on stage, yeah. it's been an hour and a half since that song played. Well, it is very funny, too. We used to do that in New York. Uh, so if you hosted a show, you'd have to bring up like seven comics on a show and you could just tell someone like, oh, you got to go up now. Like if someone showed up late or they thought they were late, we'd be like, dude, they're calling your name. And we would tell them and they would just run in the room. <laughs> and so these, like, it's like if someone just at this Zany's door just came barreling in like, ah, ah, and then he's like, am I? And you're like, no, dude, you're like two more from, from now. And you just see that person go, what? Uh, you could do it. They walk out of this door. You could open that door, but you got to go now. And they open this door, and then they're just out, and everybody sees them. And then you lock it behind them. And then they can't, and then they have to walk out through the crowd. Which <laughs> is very funny. You and Bert Kreischer did that to me at that door. Oh, yeah. Years ago, I opened for Bert, and then I, that door was locked. It was like one of my first shows here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I messed up. I started to walk around the corner yeah. there. <laughs> it's funny. It's very funny to yeah. do. Yeah. Pavlov's dog. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog was it? <laughs> I don't know. Why wouldn't well, they ask that? Well, I mean, I'm sure somebody knows, but I don't. I don't we'll find I just out think next. That'd week. be kind of important. Yeah. You're teaching schools. People are paying to go learn about this thing. Yeah. It'd be like, was it a schnauzer? And you're like, <laughs> that's what I would ask. That like a dominant picture, like figures. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll find out next week in the comments. Yeah. Uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got one fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delayed gratification study. I think that just happened. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, they did a study to see if delayed gratification can be a predictor of future life success. So they would put children between the ages of three and five in a room with a treat, either a marshmallow or a cookie, and they would tell them, if you wait 15 minutes and don't eat this cookie, then we'll give you two treats. And then they see who could do it and who can't. And the ones who could do it and wait usually went on to have higher SAT scores and went on to more success. So they just tracked them forever. That was a long study. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the real problem. You like, and then these people watched your kids for life. So do they study the parents too? And that's something else we learned. These parents had just let us have their children for the day. And then we gave them candy. We told them not to take candy from strangers. That's the main thing you tell a kid. <laughs> and we shoved them in this room. Yeah. yeah who gives? Some... Who does these tests? Let me see who this one was. Uh, psychologist named Walter Mischel. 
I don't know where he's Michelin? from. Michelin? Does he just give up these ideas and he goes, all right, yeah, I think we could do that. And he goes, what are you going to need from us? A bunch of children from three to five <laughs> years old. And you're like, how are we going to bring that out to the town? Because there's got to be a square town square. <laughs> they go to town hall meeting and say, we need your children. Did they, they didn't look into, I bet the kids that ate the marshmallow, I bet they were happier. <laughs> in life? They, got they don't care about happiness, do they? they? ACT scores, all this. I bet that kid's happy. You know? Maybe so. You think the you one that it? took it quick. Yeah. yeah. All of them got, were fat. <laughs> That's <laughs> what the end of the story. That should be what the, the end of it. Yeah. They call him up 20 years later. Uh, How's things going? You're like, oh, he, dude, he died years ago. <laughs> like he, he got him addicted to this candy and he never stopped. <laughs> and so he started working for that company, the candy company, <laughs> and ate till his death. <laughs> Is that the answer you wanted? <laughs> Uh, the bystander effect. We've talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah. When, uh, when one person sees a tragedy or something going on, they're more likely to step in than if there's a bunch of people in public because then everyone waits for someone else to step up. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of like crimes that have happened where bystanders, everyone stands around because they think someone else will step in. Mm-hmm. And in this case, where they put uh, participants in a room to take a test and then they put smoke into the room. And if you're alone taking a test, 75% got up and went out and told somebody there's smoke coming in the room, which is still pretty crazy. It's not 100. Yeah. But if there were, but then they would put a group of people in the room and they'd have some actors and they all know what's, that it's nothing to worry about and nobody would get up. And then those people who don't know about it would just stay in the room because they think, well, yeah. nobody else is freaking out. Right. So I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be the one guy that freaks out. That's your biggest fear is to go, hey, man, there's smoke in there. You're like, loser. (laughs) You can't. Like, that's all you're you're scared of is just that. You scared of a little smoke? (laughs) Can you believe this guy over here with the smoke? The smoke jumper? That's a movie in Entourage. (laughs) I was going to say a fictional movie that never got made. That never got made. Yeah. Yeah. The Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. Listen Oh, you know this? Yeah. Okay. I have it. Did you take no. psychology in Notre Dame? No, never did. You just let, I talked about this at the dinner table? <laughs> <laughs> this is y'all's. Well, this one comes up a bit. You're going to know it. You've heard it. I, I, but I, I don't know where I'm talking about these. You hadn't heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? I mean, he hadn't heard of Pavlov's dog. I don't think he's going to heard of the <laughs> Dunning-Kruger effect. I thought Pavlov's dog was like a painting. <laughs> like, it was like, I thought... It's like the Mona Lisa, like you went and looked at it. Dogs like, playing oh, poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I think my parents took a picture of it. They weren't supposed to, but they did anyway. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, Dunning-Kruger effect is when people believe they're smarter and more capable than they really are. It's, All right. This is the, that should be the thing of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's our tagline. Essentially, low-ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence. But I think I recognize mine. No, no, no. Well, Are you y'all talking about me? Is this about me? No, no, it's not. It's not. It's, it's, I always think of it as in order to know whether you're good or bad at something, you have to be good at it. Well, there's a, it also says people are genuine experts. That's the, that's, I mean, that's just the statement of that. Like that's, in order to know if you're good or bad at something, you got to know that you're good at it. No, you have to be good oh. at it. Because the same thing 
that lets you know how good or bad something is, is, is the thing that lets you be good at. I feel like college is just made so y'all don't <laughs> do anything in life. You don't help out at all. You just talk about, like, that's why everybody that goes to college, like, if there was a fire, y'all just talk about how the fire existed and watch just families burn. And then you got to get a blue-collar guy to go do the work. Like, because y'all just go, but is the fire real if I don't think it's real? And if I'm not the fire? And then y'all, like, it's just constant, like, bam, bam, bam. I got him going. The good uneducated folk in here, you know what I mean? (laughs) We travel thick. Um, What is this? Is there more to it? Well, I mean, you put such a good button on it, I was going to move on. Oh. (laughs) You got an applause break. I I thought I don't know what it is. It also talks about people who are genuine experts in one area tend to believe they're also experts in other areas. So this is about like a not a good person. It just means our own blindness to stuff. I know, but so I, it's not like a good person, but you get to get a name for it, and now he gets to walk around and be like, now nah, I got the It's not a disease. Domino. I don't know if it's his. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got yeah, the Dunning-Kruger. Yeah, I have Dunning-Kruger. Yeah. Stage three. It's real bad. I mean, it sounds like a, not a fun person to be around. That's like, no, I know everything. You're like, ah, Dunning-Kruger. Here we go again. When I worked at TV News, people, when you interview people on the street, people always ask, why do you always interview the dumbest people. Right. That's because they're the ones that are willing to talk. Right. <laughs> Smart people are just going to keep moving. I don't care to talk about uh-huh. whatever, but other people say, yeah, I'll talk. I got all day. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why it. like phishing emails, like the scam emails that you get are yeah. deliberately over the top dumb sounding so that the people that respond have a higher percentage of, of actually tricking them. Yeah. You know? Now in fairness, half the things we've discussed, you've ended by saying, I could do that. <laughs> Like, I could do all the stuff that there's that, that saying. Well, like the, the law lips, or one of them said you could be a lawyer and philosopher. <laughs> yeah, I think I, could, I think I could fake it. But I would know I'm faking. Yeah. This person doesn't. They think they're, they're real. Yeah. yeah. So this is not a disease. <laughs> no. This is a God. This it's is a somewhere. description of the phenomenon. That's a phenomenon. <laughs> It's an effect, I mean, apparently. So we should, this is like, we should worship this thing. Like, can you believe we met a guy that has this? He's just a nightmare. He drains every second of you. But man, was it, it's an honor. It's a guy that walks in and just knows how to do everything. You're like, who knows how to fix this sink? He's like, I do. And he doesn't know how to do it. And you're like, it's just an honor to be in your, just around you. The fact that... We need somebody to know CPR. I know it. And then he comes over and does that too. That's how they should find the guy. They just make all this stuff happen. He doesn't realize that like this is all happening. We talked to, uh, me and Big J once talked to this guy. There's a comic. And uh, we learned that no matter what you said, he would tell you he's done the exact same thing. So if you said, I just bombed tonight, he goes, I bombed harder. Or if you go, I just killed tonight. He's like, I killed too, man. The show was great. So we learned that he would do that. And so me and Jay just kept saying stuff to him. And we kept, like, we're, I remember, I'll never forget, we are just at this bar. And we just keep, and we're like, just keep going because he's just going to. So we just keep adding stuff. We're like, you know, I've driven a car once at over 105 miles an hour. And he's like, I did, mine was like 120. And so he just would top us. <laughs> yeah. And so we just kept doing this. At one point, me and Jay both take our pants off <laughs> and are sitting in our boxers. And he never addresses that. Yeah. 
Like he's just, and I don't know what that has to do with this situation. But it was, it was the, it was just the idea that we both took our pants off, and he never goes, "Hey, why are y'all doing this?" He just kept talking, and then we tell him, and then I start telling a story about how I killed a guy once. Because I was like, you know, I don't want to talk. And he goes, he goes, oh, he goes, oh, well, he goes, all right, finish your story. And I got a story. Like he, he had a story about killing a guy. I'm making up a story about killing a guy. And he's like, oh, oh okay, no, go ahead. Do yours and I'll do mine. Now. Like it, there was nothing that was ever stopping this guy, free this guy. And we didn't have pants on. <laughs> I'm telling, why would I give this secret up? This is the time to come clean and tell you the guy. The time I killed a guy and I took my pants. Let me take my pants off first for a, before I dive into it. We have a, a buddy of ours, a comedian who's a psych, who's a, I think a psychiatrist. And there was a just crazy guy at an open mic one time, and he came up and talked to us for a while, and then he then he finally left, and the psychiatrist goes. You guys want to guess the diagnosis? Like he, he had just, it's crazy. He's just thinking, I know everything that's, that's wrong with, with this that guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I right should have had him on. <laughs> the uh, Pygmalion effect. You know this one? No. Aaron? This is a study where researchers told teachers that certain students had higher potential based on IQ tests. They made it up. Like yeah. they just told the teachers that. And these students are, are more bright, these are less. And then it ended up becoming true because teachers gave them more attention. In fact, it basically is self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, wow. psychology just ruined a lot of kids' lives. <laughs> like that's that's the, the 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 day psychology was invented. It just was made to just ruin people's lives, so smart people can just have something to talk about to each other with. <laughs> I don't even know what you're getting out of that, except that guy gets to have a fun dinner party conversation <laughs> as those poor families have to deal with the dumb kids that, were, that had a future, and they ruined it for them. You and don't that, think it's worth it to go, you know, we have a if you treat, if you give kids you know, preferential treatment, then you can point to the results and see how, how much better they'll do. You don't think there's any value Yeah, in then that? you got the other... But what about the... No one thinks about the child that's just walking into a door because <laughs> he was a part of the experiment that just he gets... Because he doesn't know. There's, some, it's, there's a lot of stuff like this where it's... They're like that where they go, so we put them in a room. We didn't tell them, obviously. Like, you're, like you're making them out to be this guy. You, you would think you would just study it, like, in the wild. Yeah. Much less you bring people in and like go, we're going to ruin some of these kids' lives. <laughs> but we will be able to talk about something. It's about to, it's about to get much, much worse. Oh. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, the 1974 car crash experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> And they these people, they don't go to jail for this or nothing. Like, I don't even know what it is. Like, they, they're just roaming around. They get rewarded. <laughs> now, this actually wasn't making people be in car crashes, but they made people watch a car accident, and then they worded it differently to see if you could mislead people into believing stuff that didn't really happen based on the way you word it. So they would ask some people, how fast was the car driving at the time of impact? And then they asked the other ones, how fast was the car going when it smashed into the other car? And the people that you said smash into, they thought the wreck was much worse than it really was uh -huh. and said there was much more glass than there really was. So they say, like, interrogators can use this in a bad oh, way. Yeah, yeah. The media can misconstrue stuff by the yeah. way you word stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was just a study on that. Oh, okay. 
That's better than the title. Yeah. <laughs> you made it sound like they were I mean, going like they're causing like, yeah. car accidents all over the... Boom! Just <laughs> ramming into other cars. Just being like, God, like 1974 was a year, man. It was just going down the highway, just ramming people. I remember that year. All right, the, the doll violence experiment. <laughs> what is it? Doll violence? Yeah, this is exactly what it sounds like. This is... Uh, at Stanford, which we already covered the first yeah. one at Stanford, 72 nursery-age children <laughs> were given a doll, and then half of them, they watched adults violently beating the doll for about 10 minutes, and the other ones showed adult cuddling, and it showed that the kids watching the adult beat the doll were not, became more violent yeah. and aggressive <laughs> <laughs> and did it to the doll themselves. <laughs> I mean, you're just doing, like... That's what I mean. You're ruining. Like you have to do this to kids. <laughs> this was. This it says. Nevertheless, the work has since come under fire on ethical grounds. <laughs> Seeing as its subjects were basically trained to act aggressively with possible long-term consequences. <laughs> yeah. Finally, they're held accountable a little bit. You know. Yeah. By the just going, guys, we probably shouldn't do this anymore. That's their account. Of, that's how they're held accountable. <laughs> Nothing happens to them. You're like, I'm fired. No, 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 no. Where have you do stuff to like dogs and stuff now? But. <laughs> It's, it's just we're not gonna do it to the children, you know. People are getting a little mouthy about it, and you know how it is. Uh, the little Albert experiment. <laughs> oh gosh. This is another external. Are you, I don't know. Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to say this? It's another it little external stimulant. There's a nine-month-old baby named Little Albert. Yeah. He was given a white rabbit. And he played with it. He had no reaction. So then they started banging stuff behind him to scare him whenever the white rabbit entered the room. And the boy started crying. So over time, anytime he heard a loud noise or metal pipe, he would start freaking out. And anytime he saw a white rabbit or anything were close to that, like a Santa beard, anything, he started crying. It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's for little Albert. It's, I mean, this sounds like it's for the rabbit. Like... It says, the little Albert experiment demonstrates that classical conditioning can be used to create a phobia. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like being like, this is how phobias start? Yeah. Often, like, if you have a phobia, unwrap, like, you know, I don't know why I'm scared of this or whatever. It could yeah. be something from your childhood. So maybe you had a freak out thing on a ride. With when claustrophobia? You yeah. Well, they, but that happened uh, when I was... 40. That happened two years ago. But you don't have a good memory. So. Yeah, so it could have happened a long time ago. You were 38. Yeah. And that's what they got out of that? Out of a beating a pipe behind a nine-month-old? Well, things didn't work out well for Albert, but... Um, Did they say what happened to him? Uh, it didn't go well. <laughs> His, yeah. yeah. I that, mean, they weren't sure his exact identity. Are you little Albert? <laughs> That's what we find out. That's what we're getting. I mean, this. I mean, the years all start adding up a little bit. Yeah. It all comes together. It all comes together. You're like, dude, that makes so much sense. If we said Brian was a little Albert, I mean, how everybody I think would be like, yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how you get to be that. <laughs> Well, we're at the, uh, I don't know what time you want to wrap this up, but 
We still got those questions. If you we'll want read to a couple more of these questions, then we can be out of here. So we talked about previously about a study that said that the scientist said you can make anyone fall in love if they read 36 <laughs> questions to each other and then stare at each other's eyes for four minutes. Uh, and apparently it works. Uh, yeah. Nate is a little skeptic. He might <laughs> be surprised. It, I, I, just the, the nightmare of having to go through this. Uh, <laughs> To me, would it be worth it? <laughs> you know, like, so, uh, we're eating something we have read. I wish I'd known about this sooner. I would have done this in my 20s. I mean, I love my wife, but come it's, on. Yeah. Yeah. You would have just been in your interviews. <laughs> it's a Anytime weird move. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as a, as a dating thing, yeah. just as you walk around and you just pull out like a note card and go, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? <laughs> and then you just ask them and see what they say. Oh, that's interesting. And you slowly, what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? What do you value most in a friendship? What is your most treasured memory? What is your most terrible memory? <laughs> like that, it's like that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, my God. How, that, that's just thrown in the mix of something. What number, what number is that? That was seven. <laughs> I mean, that... Any more questions again. That is... And she goes, are we almost done? You go, we're not even started. <laughs> Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? And she's going to go, is it you? <laughs> Are you the one? Is that like that's foreshadowing? I can't. You ask it again at question 25. I'm going to ask one more time. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Guys, thank you so much for coming out. I truly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Nate Land Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. And please remember to leave us a rating or a comment. Nate Land is produced by me, Nate Bargetti, and my wife, Laura, on the All Things Comedy Network. Recording and editing for the show is done by Genovations Consulting in partnership with Center Street Media. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch us next week on the Nate Land Podcast. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 